Hey, Patriots fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, go to buyatoyota.com. It's Toyota's official website for deals from the official vehicle of the New England Patriots. Toyota, let's go remember Matthew Slater's career. Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. Patriots Unfiltered. A lot of Don't refurb while uh, the players are out to get ready for the 2024 season. Really worried about the important. Yeah. Watch out. Evan's on edge right now. Evan's on edge, generally speaking. What's wrong with him? Uh, I'll let him speak for himself. What's the matter? Jersey Mike's closed again. (laughs) They should be focused on staff and players now. Then they can make sure Evan approves later. This is a show where we give our opinions, right? I like like the... They can give their opinions, Correct, Freddie. That's what I was just going to say. I like the tone of this email. I like it. I am giving it a chance. I have concerns. Is that not allowed? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, email her. I agree with Evan. This has to be the worst offseason of Coach Mayo's career. <laughs> <laughs> and she said that she would love to have a birthday message on the Jumbotron. Oh, okay. So being being the, the great Not guy. Not high maintenance at all. <laughs> she texts me on Tuesday, on her birthday, as I'm driving into work, and she goes, you didn't actually get my name up on the Jumbotron tonight, did you? <laughs> I'm going to be embarrassed. I don't actually want you to do that. And I was like, oh, my God. You told me you wanted me to do it. Even hire me. Too late. Happy Jess. birthday, Jess. Love Evan. That, that's not that hard. <laughs> How many? Eight that's the word. <laughs> there was no time. There was no room. Thanks for the sex. Good thing you didn't go. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's my fiance. This is Patriots Unfiltered. Presented by Toyota's official website for deals. Buyatoyota.com. All right. Welcome into Patriots Unfiltered. And that's right, folks. Sorry, you're hearing Deuce's voice because Fred and Paul are out today. We got the kids. We brought in Matisse up from the oh, halftime yeah. show. We got the call up. Uh, so it's Tamara. It's Alex. It's Evan. It's Deuce. It's Matisse. We got the whole crew. Matt is here uh, in the booth. So, yeah, the guys are on vacation, I think. I think Fred's probably somewhere tropical. I'm going nice. to guess Aruba. Aruba. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And, uh, Pina colada. Pina yeah. coladas. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, getting drip stuff on his shirt, probably. Uh, and Paul doing school tours and, and all kinds of things. You all right, Tamara? Struggling. <laughs> yeah, watch out for that mic. It's broken. Kid, the so. kids are taking over. Watch out. I'm, I'm, am, I kid? Kids. am I a kid? Am I a kid? Yeah, thank you, You're like at the, at, at, you know, the holidays. Like you're like the guy sitting at the kids' table that doesn't really belong right, at the kids' right, table. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm cool. I'm hip. What do you guys, what's, what's the riz? It's what, a relief to sit at the kids' table sometimes. Kids table is a move. Deuce is actually really hip. Yeah, I am. Like so hip. Hip. If you're at like a wedding or a bar mitzvah, the kids' buffet is the way. Like, oh yeah. Don't don't eat like the crummy adult food. Go over to the kids' buffet. Chicken tendies, which I got slandered for. Oh right. Mac and cheese. Matisse, the guy who chose chicken tenders over prime rib. That's right, folks. He's here. You can you can call in. Oh, was that you? And let him have that. It was you. Okay. I mean, that's a bad take. Someone call in and make him answer for that today. So we got a wily crew here today, and there's actually quite a few things to talk about here. Um, over the last few days, we've had Patriots announce coaches. We can get into that. We got the franchise tag uh, deadline. Is that? I think it's today, Evan. Is that correct? Is yes. Uh, four o'clock is today. Is the when you can start tagging people. Four o'clock today. Uh, yeah. Guy and Phillips reportedly released um, Slater yeah. retirement. I mean, the d- dynasty one and two. So we got a lot of different stuff to 
to get to today, but let's let's start off at the top here with Matthew Slater officially announcing his retirement. I know everybody here um, hates Matthew Slater and thinks he's just a jerk, <laughs> and so we're all going to air our grievances. No, of course, the opposite. Everybody loves Matthew Slater. What a leader he's been here forever. I mean, you guys have been, mm -hmm. you know, right up working with him a bunch with social media stuff, always happy to talk in the locker room, always happy to stand up after, you know, a handful of difficult seasons the last few years. So. Um, just, I guess, start with you guys. Well, you know, Tamara, you, you, you spoke plenty with Matthew Slater, did plenty with him. What, what are your thoughts on, on his retirement here? I'm devastated. One, because now it took us about 20 minutes to find out who the oldest person in the locker room was and figure out who are we going to use for our, our old people on TikTok. Down the list. What are we going to do? Um, but no, seriously, I, I think he's been just so like amazing to see because one since I've been here he's been here and losing Devin I was like okay Slater's the only person I have to rely on now after losses to get an interview with and he's just an exemplary person and just has great leadership he's a great human being obviously great teammate um, and I think it's going to be tough to replace him like obviously big part on special teams but even more so as a leader in the locker room you don't get guys like Slater in the in the, in the locker room often um, and it's hard to emulate that. And so just looking in the locker room now, I'm trying to figure out who's going to fill his shoes because there's going to be Andrews. mighty shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially that aspect. Like the one thing I appreciate the most of him is I feel like he would lock eyes with like you, me, or Sailor before leaving the locker room, before like, in his vicinity. Like just like a knowing glance that you would share. <laughs> just like, hey, are you guys good? Mm -hmm. Do you need Tractor anything beam. from me before I leave? Do you need me to do a stupid TikTok? Do you need me to get a, a shout out? Like he just wanted to make sure we were good before he would leave for the day and that was like cool because no matter what day it was no matter what the record was not every guy was like that right no. and our players are great they they really do participate a Kisicki lot was good cool. too shout out Kasiki, right <laughs> i mean Kasiki always he was, down he, he didn't been, even have tiktok as he, he told sailors us numerous MVP. times <laughs> but he's Dietrich always down to do and it. mike were sailors mvps <laughs> this year but i just always appreciated that he was so personable and I, I thought about like what I was going to tweet out and I erased like a lot of things, but I just feel like it was great to root with him as a fan. And like that saying, don't meet your heroes, like don't meet your heroes unless they're Matthew Slater, because he's so much better than you expect him mm -hmm. to be. And he just the energy he radiates makes you want to be a better person when you're around him. And that's how I always felt. Yeah. I like I like that you said that one more thing before Evan goes the last game in the locker room. Well, in the locker room after the game, everyone was going up to him. Like every single reporter went up to him, just like thanking him for his time. We assumed it was his last. I literally couldn't even say two words. I had to go up to him. I was like, if I say anything, I'm just going to cry. And so that's all I could say. He was like, I appreciate that because I know what you mean. Like just watching the amount of people go up to him at his very last game was incredible. Not just his teammates, but reporters. Yeah. Every single person went up to him. Yeah, I think, you know, Alex, you mentioned rooting for him as a fan. And I think the, the cool thing about our job is that we get that unique perspective of going from a fan of the Patriots and then working for the Patriots in, inside the, the locker room and things like that. And I remember at, in, you know, early on in his career before I became a reporter, watching Matthew Slater, rooting for Matthew Slater and him and Devin McCourty are the two guys that I was huge fans of as a fan that lived up to the hype and then some when you meet them in person like they are everything that you expect and Matthew Slater is one of the most unique people I've ever met like forget about football like just in terms of his personality and his character 
and all those types of things not only was it did you feel smarter after talking to him for five minutes but you also wanted to run through a wall for the guy so you can understand from a leadership perspective why he was so valuable to this team and I, I hope that when it comes to things like the hall of fame and career accolades that it can't be understated how important he was as a leader uh, for this football team and as a messenger for this football team uh he was the the heartbeat of the patriots for many many years and that i don't think you can sum up with 10-time pro bowler and led the special teams in this and led in that so when they do get to the hall of fame uh, you know committee which I think he will be on a ballot at some point. And, and someone will, I hope that whoever gets to make that pitch is someone that actually covered Matthew Slater on a day-to-day basis because you, you wouldn't understand how much he actually meant to the organization and to the team unless you were in the locker room because it isn't forward-facing all the time. And uh, in terms of his post-playing career, I, I hope that there is a future for him, whether it's special teams related coaching a character coach you know whatever the title is i just hope that they're able to keep him around and, and allow him to continue to do the leadership stuff yeah tc you have any interest well any i'll say i'm not in the locker room as much as tamara and alex yeah. but last year working on the retirement house as evan says like you know slater is a fan but that was my first time really working with him and like nicest guy ever walked up introduced himself would do whatever we asked like for the whole first half of the day long grueling days and like just once you get to know him off the field i mean like tamara said i don't know how you replace somebody like like that in the locker room but once again like there are not many guys like him left in the league mm-hmm. in general in so. the world yeah so in the world but <laughs> like, like unique player like as a person and just a plain style special teams player so yeah. i mean it's funny like i um i'm old enough <laughs> kids sit down around the fire <laughs> well, Grandpa Deuce. no I, I i remember that draft and i remember when yeah. they selected him and this has happened so many times over the years where what he doesn't even have a college position. Like people were so mad, like that he was—he's not a receiver. Like he just—they couldn't believe that you know that 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 Belichick had drafted you know a special teams only guy with like the sixth round I think it was, um, out of UCLA. So I, I I so clearly remember that. And then for him to you know carve out the career that he did. The other kind of funny note—I mean, you guys gave him all the you know the praise that he deserves. I just remember like certainly like. 2010, 11, 12, they were kind of struggling with receivers a little bit. And like when they were really, really hurting, that's when they put Matthew Slater out to like go run, just like just run a go route, just use your speed, get downfield. Tom's going to chuck a bomb to you. I, I'm not, I think he caught one pass yeah. in his career. Um, but that that always like, uh, of all the things that you love about that, that was the one thing that kind of always annoyed me was like, oh God, here we go again. They're going to try this Slater <laughs> thing. I wonder what he's going to do. Like just run right down the field, everybody. You know, it was, it was funny. I mean, they got away from that later in the career, in his career, but. You know, I, I'm just wondering what it's going to be like in training camp when we don't see the one on guy the getting a private lesson the whole, pretty much the whole practice. The guy breaking up the fights, like <laughs> I know. And then you know, and then we, just real quick, we got you know somebody wrote in, kind of kind of topical. Sam Big Canoe. Um, he just said Sam from St. Catharines. Um, with the retirement of Slater, uh, who do you guys think will take on the role of being the all yeah guy for the breakdown mm-hmm. post victories, uh, or do you think in the new era uh, they will stop doing it altogether and create a new tradition? 
Um, I say create a new tradition. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to retire that with him. Yeah. Wait, Deuce, tell your idea. Well, you tell I, me upstairs. It's not totally my idea. I think it was. It was. I think a little bit Fred's actually. But um, to kind of give that to the fans and maybe um, you know, I know it's hard to start a new tradition. Um, but you know, kind of make it a thing like another Patriots first down. Oh yeah, you know yeah. the whole crowd. Mm. Um, you know, quick aside though, when the first time we got to do Tamara and I, sometimes we go out, we get the training camp crowd mm-hmm. whipped up into a, into a lather mm-hmm. before the practice. You know, we're like, this is <laughs> okay. what you're gonna see. Whipped up are into a lather. People are just like, oh my god, this she is so exciting. Deuce and Tamara, Deuce and Tamara, right now are, are coming out here. I'm and so dying. my my first time doing it, I was like, I, I'm gonna hit him with the oh yeah. Like I'm thinking. I'm Deuce, super fan, Patriots super fan. I know the locker room. Oh, yeah. Hoodie connoisseur. So I come running out, you know, down the sidelines. Um, and, and I think, actually, this might have been the year before Tamara. I think it was with Scal. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you, maybe it might have been the year before you were there. Maybe not. I'm not I, I remember going out with Scal because he looked at me like it was crazy. And I did the all, how do we feel about being back at Patriots training camp? <laughs> and I'm like, come on, you guys don't know this one. Um, but, you know, la- I mean, late last year that we saw, they didn't do that cheer. And everybody was like, what the hell is going yeah. on? But I, I think you're right, Ev. I mean, I think it's probably time to to retire that one. I'm amazed that it made it past the brewski part of the dynasty, which we can obviously get into the dynasty a little bit. That, that cheer is a little bit a part of it. Hard to kind of think of something organic, but just weird to see Slater go out the door as the new regime comes in and it's it's – you know, just an opportunity, I feel like, to kind of completely turn the door, to turn the page from from a few different things. Yeah. You, you know, I think the next the next thing you also kind of wonder is, you know, David Andrews and, and some of the other guys that are still hanging on from from the, the dynasty, if you will. Uh, how much longer do those guys have? And at what point are we all going to walk into the locker room at some point and nobody's going to be left? You know, it's going to just be all new faces and that's that's going to be weird Uh, that that's going to be weird i mean we already don't have devin we don't have james white now we don't have matthew slater like it's getting there (laughs) i mean it's like wise kind of bentley wise andrews jones john jones maybe yeah i mean andrews is really the last guy that i truly like identify with yeah everyone else is so the dynasty like was a starter played a ton key part of all those championships um, well, of course, we, we wish Matthew Slater the best. And, you know, we'll see. I know there's tons of messages coming out from everybody acknowledging him and, and his great career. So um, great for him and, and not un- entirely unexpected, but um, but plenty of other stuff to kind of to, to move on to here. Um, I know it hasn't been officially announced by the team yet, but Lawrence Guy, Adrian Phillips, um, rumored or not rumored, reportedly to be released. We, we haven't announced it yet, and I'm sure that that will probably be coming soon. I think at least Guy acknowledged it on Twitter. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the defensive line, just all those guys are up for next year, and, and Guy is 35. Um, played at a high level last year, though, I thought. Like, didn't really drop off too much. No. Um, you know, just starting with him, we, we have hit on that being a position of long-term need, an older position group. Um, you know, what do you guys just think about, about them moving on from Guy now? Yeah, I, I think that, well, my first initial reaction is, is this Mayo sort of foreshadowing that they're not going to be this two-gapping 330-pound DTs playing at defensive end and, you know, pull the point of attack type of defense? Are they going to be a little bit more of an attack-minded, you know, get-up-the-field uh, type of scheme and I, I'm all for that I think that especially in today in the modern NFL it's it's definitely where the league is heading uh, as a whole but I, I also wonder are there guys already on the roster that they look at that they say well 
in terms of rotational type of players, you know, a, a Sam Roberts, a Jeremiah Farms who came on a little bit at the end of last year. Are, are those guys able to, to play a little bit more? I think that Lawrence guy is, you know, if Paul was here, he would say, you know, that that guy's extinct, right? Like we don't mm-hmm. need we don't need to have be paying these types of players that are only going to play on rundowns and are going to just two gap and hold up blockers and things like that. We don't have to be paying them all this money. And, uh, and maybe that is a sign that other places in the roster, including defensive line, are going to start to reflect some of that. And I think Slater retiring is another thing. Like, how, how many special teams only guys are they really going to have in this new regime? Is it? I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as many as it was with Bill. So yeah. I, f- I feel like when I saw it, I kind of thought about last year when, you know, the reports were out that he was holding out for more money. And I think this year, I'm sure he's going to want more money again and I think that finally we're looking at the roster and seeing like okay hey we can't afford to give Lawrence Guy more money we really need to use those resources for offense and other holes that we have so that was kind of my thought process behind it and I feel like they feel like they have more depth or or more flexibility in letting him go and and filling in the void there versus like the major holes they have on offense that they need to spend that money on yeah Alex I mean talk about him off the field because I mean Slater was a great guy but but Lawrence Guy was a great guy too I was going to say like we'd be remiss not to mention not only Lawrence, but his wife, Andrea. Like, no one kept us busier with community. Of, I, mean, I mean, we were joking about this with the CR staff upstairs, but no one kept us busier than Lawrence and Andrea. It felt like every month they were holding an event or doing a donation from their baby shower that they would do for underprivileged moms to um, school backpack giveaways and then just random Thanksgiving events. Like, they, it just blew me away to see how generous they were at a really grassroots in a really grassroots way like where they actually were making impact they weren't just throwing money at situations and they they worked really really hard with their foundation and and bringing their kids to the events to get them involved and I loved working with them I'll definitely miss them I had a great relationship with Andrea too and our community is made better for the guy family for sure underrated patriot you know for tw- sure. agree all decade team guy uh, free agent signing that was kind of just a, a really afterthought like it wasn't like it was like a stefan gilmore level signing right it's 2017 I, 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 most of his games just yeah. I mean, yeah. just to chime in like real uh, just have multiple teams i mean indy yeah. san diego baltimore san diego baltimore i mean just kicking around and then seven years i think he missed Five My games, quick math: right? five games yeah. in seven yeah. years. All he missed for that position. Pretty uh, he was uh, really just everything that you would want in a run defender. Like take on double teams, could hold the point of attack, could beat defeat a single team block. Uh, he was exactly in their scheme, especially uh, what you look for in that three four, you know, strong side end type of position. And in that respect, that that does sort of create a hole, yeah. you know. And he did play. What, almost 50% of the snaps last year. So it wasn't like he wasn't playing. You know, Adrian Phillips, love him too, but he he wasn't really playing towards the end of last year. Lawrence Guy had a role on this team a year ago, so it does create a hole. Yeah, well, let's just talk briefly, you know, about Phillips, which, um, you know, like you said, just kind of became a special teams only guy. I don't know if that had to do with kind of Pepper's arrival, Mapu's arrival, but I think even the writing was a little bit on the wall at the end of 2022 where it seemed like he wasn't really part of it anymore on defense, which – just surprising I mean I thought he was great in 2020 when he came in I mean just the the ideal kind of hybrid safety type could play in the box a little bit I think just as they 
saw what Duggar and Peppers could do. It seemed like, you know, it kind of pushed Phillips out, and, and it just seems like he's kind of slowing down. But he was another great guy who always willing to talk. You know, his wife was one of the doctors mm -hmm. as well. We did plenty of features on him. So it's just, you know, it's 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 time marches on with these guys. But they were, um, you know, some solid contributors, and, and Phillips was – was a great guy. I don't know if we ever, you know, got to like the pinnacle of what we thought we might have gotten with him. Um, he sums it up as kind of like the I, perfect like post Brady Patriot. Like he was just above average, always there, available when you need him. Like all I think about is was the pick six against San yeah, Diego, San Diego. LA, yep. LA Chargers. Mm -hmm. But like good when you needed him. But I think I think he'll latch on somewhere else. You know, yeah. but towards the end. Yeah, it's too bad that he. I feel like he would have been such a great dynasty patriot because he's just a lunch pail guy that just did his job and yeah. uh, honestly played linebacker most of the time and played it at like 220, which <laughs> is like really difficult to do. Uh, really good job of like understanding how to play within his skill set in the box, which is not easy to do. And I think a lot of these guys, Duggar, Jabril Peppers, even Mapu, they Adrian Phillips sort of started a lot of those trends in this Patriots defense and and basically carved out the role and those guys are maybe just a little bit more dynamic a little bit more athletic and younger obviously uh to take that to the next step so it was kind of like Patrick Chung was like the first iteration of it then Adrian Phillips comes in he started to make it more of like a, a pseudo linebacker role and now those other guys are just doing it at a younger more explosive rate yeah. but I, I think that he had a big part of getting lighter, getting faster at the second level, like a lot of those types of things from a football perspective where, where Adrian Phillips first and then, you know, the Duggars and the Pepperses of the world come after that. So, uh, I, yeah, you know, last year I think he played nine snaps on defense after the bye. Like uh, he, he was just – he yeah. was an afterthought uh, on defense. And, uh, you know, I still think he can he can play, though, you know, still have a role on a 53-man on a roster. Yeah, at least special teams too. I mean, he's kind of a special teams guy. He was, you know – Core the, guy. The, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's – Another one, which I think if Paul was here, that's something you're like, all right, let's turn over some of these special teams guys. Let's turn over, um, you know, some of the, uh, the the older defensive linemen. Uh, last bit of, of kind of recent news, though, was uh, the full – not the full announcement of the coaching staff. I guess it was just the new members of the coaching mm -hmm. staff. So We still, still um, have a few Belichick-era things where, like, yeah. I had to fill in the gaps of, like, <laughs> oh, right, that guy's still under contract. And, you know, we couldn't just announce the whole coaching staff. No, we had we're, to we're, yeah, we're, just new additions only. We're still waiting on, I guess, Brian Belichick, Pellegrino reportedly back, Troy Brown reportedly back from Doug Kide in some um, kind of role. You know, talking a little bit with Evan, though, I mean, um, uh, Tyler Hughes is going to come yeah. back. He was here. He was away at, at Washington working with some pretty good wide receivers. I, that, that's the biggest thing for me with Tyler Hughes <laughs> is, like, if we, once we get an opportunity to talk about it, it's like, all right, here's my list. Uh, Penix, uh, Adunze, uh, Polk, like, yeah. just tell me everything you know about these guys uh, because, you know, he's a quality control coach at Washington last year and obviously was was very hands-on with a lot of these guys in the draft you know i mean that whole offense is going to get drafted somewhere yeah. so you might as well pick his brain about those types of things yeah, that's a good one i mean i said you know felt like the van pelt offense was really that that's the big piece of this so evan mm -hmm. you know wrote up a really good write-up on that and you know it's hard to like analyze all these guys but you know just kind of funny personal story to share which i was joking with evan yesterday we were talking about write-up but bob mcnell the new tight ends coach was actually went to my town's high school in the 80s and like i watched him playing oh, wow. football growing up like he's like our high Full school circle. legend his dad <laughs> his dad was a coach at bc but 
but Bob Jr. was was a star at Holliston High School. Went on. He also played at BC for oh, a little bit. Oh, you and Bridget School. Uh, so yeah, so Bridget. So another <laughs> Holliston, another Holliston. He's person got quite there. the resume. Like he's Literally. he's been, been around over. and he's coached multiple Wide receivers and tight ends. So and he's got he's got experience, and I think that that's one thing along with the just how large the staff is, which I think stood out. Uh, some of these guys that are maybe a little bit more inexperienced are then supplemented by guys that are that are very experienced yeah. on the offensive Speaking side of the ball. Speaking of inexperienced guys, I thought it was kind of cool. A little, this isn't a huge hire by any means, but it was cool to see Kobe Tippett on the staff. Um, I know we worked him out last year. I think he was fresh out of college, Wide but receiver, yeah, right? he coached at Tufts last year for uh, for yeah. a year. So. so it's cool to see them bringing him in, trying to build him up. We love the Nepo hires. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's cool Here's to just see some. positions posted. Period. Like from the that. website, I agree. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean it's a it's a big staff. You can't see my my nerdy uh, board here, but I mean it's you know compared to what it was, it's I mean assistant coaches. You've got quality control coaches, something you didn't really have, and you know to be honest, like. That feels like a little bit why we got to where we were because the small mm -hmm. coaching staff, people left. There was no yep. one really to fill um, those shoes. Now, you know, we know why Bill Belichick did that. He wanted, you know, ease of communication. He didn't want to play mm -hmm. telephone through six different coaches to get to the players. Um, so this is a different approach. You know, is it the right way? We'll see if Gerard's able to, you know, keep his menu through his menu, his message. <laughs> his, but, you know, through all these different coaches who come from a variety of different backgrounds. Yeah. And I know, you know, we've heard from Gerard a couple times. It's important for him to have, you know, different points of view. But you just, I think, wonder with such a diverse array of experience, of inexperience, how how hard is it going to be to come to a consensus and really, you know, have a, have a message that everybody's buying into when you have a coaching staff this big of such, you know, diverse experience and, and backgrounds. And, um, you know, it's it's just it's interesting how it's going to all come together. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to meet these guys at some point, but it's going to be it's going to be a giant party. There's like 30 coaches now, yeah. right? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the quality control positions, I think, are, are underrated because there's a lot of stuff in to the quality control coaches are basically the interns of the coaching staff. Yeah. It's like all the leftover stuff that uh, maybe position coaches don't have time for or frankly don't want to do. Uh, those guys pick up the slack in those areas. And I think that that's really important because you know, towards the end of last year, we heard a lot of reporting about how you know the, the staff had gotten so small on the offensive side of the ball that guys like Bill O'Brien was like doing way more than an offensive coordinator probably should be doing. And that just takes your focus away from important things or those things slip through the cracks. The smaller things slip through the cracks and you don't end up doing it. So quality control coaches uh, on this staff, I think are, are good to see. It, it just adds just whatever leftovers there is that still need to be picked up and whatever loose ends still need to be tied, those guys can sort of pick up some of that slack. I feel like the worst part is, like, now the staff is pretty much put together, and now you're just, like, I just want it to start. You know, for the past mm -hmm. 25 years, you're like, all right, we're going to have Bill again. We have Tom. Like, <laughs> like I want I, I'm anxious. I no, can't wait. Now, <laughs> now we have to build a whole new offense, Matisse. Uh, yeah, but, they, but then after the draft, it's like, come on. Don't wish away the offseason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chill out. No, um, just a couple other, you know, coaches just to highlight. Um, you know, Vinny De Palma, who was just a linebacker at BC last Last year, which I saw him play against my, my Holy Cross Crusaders, but you know, really active middle linebacker guy, a little undersized, I think. So I mean, not gonna you know, not gonna try to give the pro football route a, a try at least as a player. Um, is going to come here as, as you know a young coach on the defensive side of the ball, um, and then the last one's just you know Drew Wilkins. I, I mean I love me them Ravens. I, I yeah. feel like <laughs> the Ravens always do a good job developing outside linebackers uh, as at that level. They, they've had a number of really high quality players. We got Matthew Judon off of them. We tried to get a Thomas. Not that he was there back then, but 
Um, but good pedigree off of Wilkins, and nice to kind of add him to the mix with, you know, we know what we have in Covington. We know, obviously, we're going to, um, you know, have um, uh, Covington back as the D.C., but Brian Belichick, you know, it's just it's some new blood there at the second level. I, I like that. Yeah, and him and, and Jerry Richardson, right? Or, no, not Richardson. Uh, I said that wrong. Montgomery. That, yeah, that's the that's another good that's one. That's the though. Carolina yeah. Panthers owner that did not end well <laughs> in Carolina. Um, <laughs> Montgomery, though, is a, is a good, I think, a good hire uh, because of how well some of those interior guys on the Green Bay Packers defensive line have developed over the years. You know, Daniels, Kenny Clark, like those types of guys. And uh, you look at like a Christian Barmore and trying to get him to like that Kenny Clark level of consistency. Uh, maybe he can help him out uh, to get there as well. So I, I really, when I look at the defensive side, uh, the thing that really stands out to me though is is that they kept that secondary intact. You know, Brian Belichick and Mike Pellegrino coming back, I think, is huge because, you know, Covington and Mayo are going to coach the front seven and they're going to have that under wraps. But how they're going to cover and, and making sure that that coverage system stays consistent, uh, I thought was important. And uh, Pellegrino, you know, Brian, obviously, I think we know a little bit about because of his dad. But uh, Pellegrino has really taken a lot of corners and made them into some pretty productive players uh, going all the way back to like J.C. Jackson and early on in his career. But even last year, like he pulls like Alex Austin off his couch and he ends up being like a solid <laughs> player for them down the stretch like those things are 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 you know shouldn't be understated like that's hard to do to and get some guy like up and running like that like they did with the player like Alex Austin and like you you I mean you mentioned like guys that you're not really expecting anything I mean he's done it with a number of undrafted guys that yeah. have come in and contributed but I thought what was most interesting was and we talked about it going in was like all right now he's got a super elite athlete in Christian Gonzalez. Like, what does it look like when he takes this guy in? You know, obviously he was cut short, but in that small sample size, he looked like legit player, looked like he was, you know, getting it immediately, yeah. able to make plays on the ball right out of the gate as a rookie corner. So so I agree, Pellegrino, some real promise. I mean, there. one of the knocks on Gonzalez coming out was, you know, getting a little bit lost in zone coverage at times and, and not necessarily being keyed into the structure. And that was not an issue out of the gate for him. And I think that that speaks to coaching. Like, we always knew that he was cover people people man to man that was not going to be a concern but uh, there was you know evidence on Oregon's film that he would get a little bit lost in space at times and instantly that was not an issue like, I think of the, the interception he had on, on Tua right yeah like, I mean dropping out and you know picking yeah. it up a nice one um, so that's that of course the dynasty is out episodes one and two uh, we recorded a what is it the dynasty recap podcast I think <laughs> the title is a such a mouthful really oh no no wait God. it's the dynasty doc recap Pod recap podcast. podcast. Dynasty Dynasty Doc Recap Podcast. Say that twelve times fast. Um, but we have that. Uh, we released that right after the episodes are dropped on Thursday night. I think about nine o'clock Thursday is when it looks like these things are going to come out. So um, I don't know if all you guys have had a chance to watch those. Two oh, more yeah. episodes coming out that'll take us through Spygate. Um, you know, one of my one of my criticisms coming up is not not a lot of time spent on thirty eight and thirty nine. Those Super Bowls, <laughs> and then they won a couple more, and it was great. And now yeah, let's get to the controversy. Um, but uh, but overall, any thoughts from you guys just on those on those first couple episodes? I don't know if everybody's had a chance. I know Evan, you just you had a chance to watch. As a I fan. watched it pretty much instantly, uh, <laughs> and I, I would just say that it was really cool. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit, a bit a little bit about this before we started recording. I would not to like make anybody feel old, but I was only nine years old in 2001. So I was a kid and I remember, but obviously as a nine year old, like you're not really like what we are now where we like know every single detail about the team. Uh, so I, it was cool to like be able to see it now as an adult and, and start to understand a little bit better about what was going on back then. And all I remember as a, as a kid was, 
uh, being so devastated about Drew at Bledsoe. And, and like, I think they did a great job of, of painting that picture of this was the guy. Like, this is a former number one overall pick, uh, you know, $100 million quarterback. Uh, they hadn't been super successful with him as a team, but and he had all of the tools as a player to, to be an all-time great quarterback. And uh, you just – it wasn't that easy. Like, it wasn't – for Bill to make that decision, like that was not an easy decision that I, I don't think a lot of coaches would have made. I think most coaches probably would have been went back to Drew Bledsoe. So uh, watching that whole thing again was was crazy. I just realized I, I should probably talk to Barth about this because Barth is the helmet guy, and that and uh, that stinking Brady get, helmet was wearing the Barth Peyton started. Manning helmet. Barth acts like he like lived <laughs> through the '90s Patriots, like he was like a full blown adult. I'm like, you, how do you know this much about the '90s Patriots? You were four. Like I don't understand. It was, that's such a bad bucket. Like, oh, it it looks awful. I, Peyton's we, the only one who could pull it. No, off. we saw the picture. and I'm like, if Brady tried to wear this helmet in his career, he would have just been same. terrible. He, no. he would have. They would have gone black to Bledsoe. So, so I'll say I watched it. I actually watched it with a friend who's not a Pats fan, not a big football guy, and he was locked in. But how many times have we heard these stories? Like you know, the snowball, the kick, like. Vinatieri, you can't ice him. I'm the best decision you made, and every single time it's just so good. Yeah. Like every single time I'm locked Patriots in, porn. it's uh. the best. And then I will. I was talking about this with Evan too. The the part that's like the late '90s, early thousands. Like they have a press conference at Mass General Hospital mm-hmm. to talk about Drew. Like they yeah. would never do that now. Oh my god! Like, like it's no, crazy. We'll, we'll let you know when when we have something update. Like yeah. is it the hospital. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's all go to the hospital. Media. Let's Imagine if Twitter and like the internet and sports media as it is now, if it was like thriving back then. It'd be crazy no oh i i mean you could go through patriots like the last 20 years of like imagine if spygate was on twitter oh like, god i mean we got it a little bit with Deflategate. i guess that was the, the that gates, was peak that was peak you know? sports twitter was when Deflategate was out that's yeah. why it became such a mess yeah. in my opinion i feel like twitter turned like 2012 2013 was when it went from just like a little place to kind of meet up with like-minded people yeah. and make jokes and kind of communicate and like it's so completely useless now for anything real time and you like log in and you're like from yesterday, the start of the third period with the Bruins Literally. is about to start. I'm like, what? Like, what? Like, this is no longer useful. It used to be like timely. you got to go to the following side, right? Where it's up to date. I know. Well, yeah, they <laughs> added is it even the for you page. Is it even then? Now is it's that? like a newspaper. You wake up, you open it, and you get caught up on what happened. Oh, it's amazing. I love it. That's pretty much. I just <laughs> I don't remember which newspaper it was so to bring it back to the dynasty, but I do remember like the picture of the ambulance that was carrying Drew Bledsoe, like going into the hospital and i i just i i don't again like you just as a kid the stakes were not you don't understand you know like no. you don't understand that first of all this guy is has internal bleeding and like is in a serious serious situation medically but you also just don't understand the stakes of the decision to, to stick with brady and all that kind of stuff and i i thought it was cool to like understand that now as an as an adult and uh, you know, it's a little disappointing to hear that there's not much football after no. this, though. That's uh, I know. That's I mean, that is I mean, that's what we kind of said about in the recap show was that for Patriots fans would probably want this to be one thing. And it's not that it's, you know, kind of an external point of view on this run. And, you know, I, I still think they could have found a spot for winning 21 straight games and, you know, make a little bit more. Just add of, two more episodes. You know, like, yeah. I mean, coming out of 2003, <laughs> just because it was it wasn't just a continuation of 2001 into 2003. It wasn't just, oh, this is this like they really like took a half step back in 02 and really changed their team in, in, in 03 and became, you know, not just like the 
up the, the sparky little up you know upstart little underdogs they became a, wagon. a dominant team that could yeah. beat you anyway like we got to beat you nine nothing we'll beat you nine nothing we got to beat you 37 34 we'll do that too um you know it's just i think those two teams were really special in, in my mind and i'm sure plenty of patriots fans out there have you know plenty of very special memories from those two teams and how good they were and you know the big games and just that stuff's just kind of glanced over you know it's barely even mentioned you know not to mention just like the playoff run i mean going you know pit, losing to pittsburgh going back to pittsburgh but and to that point there's so many fans like uh, like our age group where what i remember from like the 01 super bowl was being in kindergarten and going to school and people were talking about the Jeez. groundhog seeing their shadow <laughs> I was and i was like who cares about the groundhog the patriots won the super bowl but like that was the extent of my memory so if they had dug more into that and shown us more of that, it would have been so cool for I think the twenty somethings. Who oh, three really is when it's about to like grew really up with click. The dynasty, you know? Yeah, the... exactly. <laughs> I also have to ask Deuce, like, how do you not get asked to be the super fans in these days? Like, who, <laughs> like, who are these people? Did we see Kara in the first two episodes? No. Oh no, I didn't see Kara. Kara no. Doolittle is. No. She was interviewed for it. I don't know if she makes the final cut. I mean, she's seriously, like, and, and then like Paul Perillo on Drew Bledsoe, oh like that. God. That would have been no. classic. It would have like, been too mushy. He would have been exactly. <laughs> that's the point. I feel like I should have worn my Bledsoe jersey today. Like, it's just I've been looking for an excuse to wear it because it's a reversible. It's the '90s one that everybody oh, yeah. loves. Like, I could wear like I could wear white for the first half and then flip <laughs> it over go. for blue the second <laughs> half. Everyone would be really excited. Uh, I, I'd probably wait for Paul to be here though. But um, just quick aside, funny people are emailing the show and. Uh, Somebody's getting back Fred's out of office reply. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> love that. Just trying to email the show, but uh, so thanks. Well, Fred does always thanks reply to all, so he's <laughs> yeah. spitting. He's oh. a big reply all guy. That's funny. Big reply. That Fred's be... emails, I need to let people in on them, too, because he'll put everything he wants to be said in the subject of the email, yes. and then yes. there'll be no text in the file. Yes. It's my yes. favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. Oh, my God. So I don't know. Maybe... Cody was emailing him directly and, and, and got that. So I, hopefully other, everyone else isn't getting Fred's up. Uh, we'll call the hotel and tell him to turn off the... <laughs> oh, I, I, hope, I, I hope Fred is on a beach somewhere just, you know, taking it all in and relaxing. But um, kind of set the stage here. So, you know, give us a call, 855-PATS-500. Love to hear from everybody what you guys are thinking out there of the Dynasty doc and, you know, two more episodes coming up as we... And I have to, like, I say, like, I'm kind of more interested in this stuff. Like, I feel like I'm so locked in on 01, 03, those things lately that, like, I... I want to get into the new perspectives. I've, I've kind of heard that, you know, as much as we saw some new footage in those ones, I want to see the new stuff. I want to hear them talk about, you know, as much as the controversy at the end, and I know it's not football, but, like, let's see if we get Bill out of press conference mode. Like, it just felt like the whole yeah. that whole episode, he's just kind of guarded. i got to be honest with you, he seemed disinterested yeah. in, or I, in doing or, it. Or even, like, didn't want to be doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just – the one thing I, I will say, like, I know this is going to maybe come off as, as kind of like, you know, company guy but it's like really frustrating to me that we have to make this dynasty doc about how the how craft hates bill like it, like why do we can't we just enjoy it like can't we just reminisce about like the 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 good times and not look into every single little comment and be like oh that was a dig at bill right. like who cares right, right. like just watch we're, it. we're just just <laughs> watch it and enjoy it like we had an unprecedented 20 year run that's never going to be replicated and this is a documentary that's all for patriots fans to just reminisce and have fun th like remembering the good old days and i like go on twitter and every single article is like this uh, you know, ben volan this should have been called kill bill like <laughs> like 
like, really? Like, I, I just maybe I just have rose-colored glasses, but in the first two episodes, I didn't didn't really feel that way. It was controversial for him not to go back to Bledsoe. Like, I don't know what else you want him yeah. to say. Like, they just paid him $100 million. So he was the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history. Not going back to Drew Bledsoe and sticking with a sixth-round pick who was in his second year in the NFL and had, like, three starts under his belt was controversial. Yeah. Like, it has nothing to do with anybody hating anybody yeah. it just is a fact if he had just made took the easy way out there there might not have been a tom brady you know if right he just said let's put drew back in and you lose in the playoffs and, and who knows what ends up happening to to tommy b just enjoy it like don't make it about all of the well it's interesting you say stuff. that because having only i haven't gotten my hands on an apple tv login yet but <laughs> That's Jeez. really just subscribe. My yeah, I could. <laughs> not a, not a I haven't broken up. into their. I haven't pirated it yet. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. <laughs> not anymore, at least. But it's interesting you say that because I feel like that really is all the conversation I've heard about it. Is it, it painting Bill unfairly? Is it just because the wounds are fresh? I mean, I think that's inevitably that's that's, that's what point. everybody wants to talk about right now. Is was it Bill and you know. Was it Tom and, and all that? And do you think you they're know? kicking themselves, the Apple production crew, for not? maybe waiting a little longer just now that this is all played out and i mean in some ways i think it's perfect that it happened right when bill left here and that was kind of the you know like a really hard stop to the the dynasty i mean not that you know it was still a dynasty when they left but um i don't know i think i feel like i need to see the whole thing i'm very curious how it how it all plays out especially it definitely seems like some of the the later episodes of it are where the shots at Bill really start to come out because that covers Brady leaving and the the downfall yeah. of it, and so a lot of these people, uh, you know, that I that are getting it um, in the media are getting like sneak peeks of like the whole ten episodes, and so I think a lot of this is, that's coming out is about the end of the documentary. There's like a Tom so. quote I think that we've heard of, of him saying basically he was not going to resign here. Uh, no matter what, yeah. Um, there's the, the Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola. We played for Tom, or we we worked for Bill. We played for mm-hmm. Tom. Um, there's the line from Robert Kraft saying, "I was just trying to hold it all together," which yeah. you know we kind of speculated was that really even about that, but it sounds like it is. Um, so yeah, that's the you know that's the. the I mean, tea. I think we mostly know it all. I just. I just wonder if we're going to come out of this for people like us who have been, you know, we're obviously ingrained in this and it's lived our it daily all. life. We've lived <laughs> it. Is there any going to be anything new or aha or because so far I haven't really had any new aha moments. I've had some. Well, you are, that's a you are in shot. a very you unique know. perspective. Though, no, no, I know. I you know everything. so much about no, all No, but of it's this, so, so true. Like, I remember watching those, like, the things you guys would produce before I worked here, like, after the Super Bowls and just, like, those those features. Yeah. It was like a high you got watching them and learning like every little detail. It was so cool. It was one of the funnest parts. And whenever like one of those, not that people really write long form features like this anymore, but when you get those good long forms about just being around Brady and and the the team dynamics, it, it was like I could not get my hands on that stuff fast enough. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's the whole like three games to glory that they did. Those, that that's was exactly just, what I'm I mean, talking that was, about. Amazing. Classic. I mean, that's every yeah. game. They did commentary. They had all the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, I mean, I never. I, I own all six of them. I never in a million years Same. would have like thought I would be working for you know Matt Smith and the people that were heavily involved in, in producing those. Um, and then came the do your jobs, which they did. I think for the last three, which yeah. again just 
you know, those are the things that I always live for with, you know, America's game. It kind of was what it was. That's a little bit more mainstream and you'd have, you know, a few guys kind of recap the season, but the specialty produced stuff, you got so much behind the pink stripes with Ernie Adams. Yep. Um, there were, there was so much good stuff. So it's like, it's hard. You're right, Evan. I mean, we, I'm like waiting for any little bit, like, yeah. if, like if there's a Bill Belichick well, mic'd you, up moment I missed, I'm like, I don't, I gotta see yeah. it. Cause I did think you I've seen see, it all. Have you seen the footage from the draft room? I had never seen that. Uh, I'm no. putting the call in nope. to, to Brady. I had nope. n- never seen that. And obviously I'd never seen the apartment footage uh, uh, of him. That was uh, new. Yeah. yeah that was but, new. but in terms of the story, like what are they really going to tell Patriots.com employees well, about, what this, about this, the story? <laughs> what about just the difference of like the early thousands NFL of like your first round picks are in a motel on route one? Like, so yeah. that, <laughs> like that, that like, wasn't that talking? wasn't a great look. I'm oh, not no. gonna lie. No, well, like, but that's been kind of like really the, help our case. It's like part of the mystique of the, those Patriots were like you know Rodney Harrison getting taken to like the ground round. Yeah. Like it was like no, we just we don't worry about football. We're just crappy hotels, crappy restaurants. Yeah. Like, here in small town <laughs> USA. But now that we have beautiful Patriot Place here, you can you know you can go to Davio's it, if you want. You, you put in Chris and Gonzalez in the Holiday Inn, like no. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> The seaport wasn't even like yeah. what it was. Yeah. Like, oh boy. Or like the, the, the Ty Law stuff with Brady in the apartment, the condo. Like I just ate that stuff up. I oh, was like, yeah. this is that hilarious. So like Ty Law thinks that he left like hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of furniture. Around. <laughs> yeah. I mean like that that's that's the type of stuff that like they're not gonna tell us anything new about the story of that of the two thousand one Patriots. Like we all know that, but the behind the scenes stuff of like the relationships and the and that kind of stuff, that was that was fun. Yeah, no, we don't need to hear about Lawyer Lawyer Malloy getting cut. No, I mean no. you have him in the first two episodes yeah. talking like I mean he's like thickest thieves with Ty Law. Like they seem like they're like the two boys who are running the show yeah. and now it's like, Oh yeah, by the way, they they, they cut him in twenty it was a whole thing. Don't worry about it. I will say Ernie Adams did hurt my feelings a little bit. Oh, like he, he brought it back. Tribes. Yeah, he brought it back. He brought it back around. Like I was like, all right, he kind of, you know, he was great in this. So he was. Uh, but yeah, saying that he, we we don't know anything. Like okay, like what relax. About, what about the produced piece of him driving to the stadium? Perfect, perfect. <laughs> the snow is falling. I mean, it's great. It's exactly what I. How I did wanted. they know? Unbelievable. He had a camera there. <laughs> he was he was great. He was awesome. I no, thought he, he stole the show. He, he I mean he's just oh and and for coming up too he's he's heavily involved in the Spygate episode as well. So that's uh. That, that that's some more Ernie fun who uh, it's funny because I still remember the time when Ernie was this mysterious figure that you didn't really ever hear anything about. I think yeah. they wrote an article about him maybe around 07, 08, somewhere in there about like the pink you know, stripes the was guy, the well, first the, time. Yeah, I, I remember him even being on my radar. The ESPN thing was like, who's the genius behind the genius? And, you know, they just talked about him going back to high school with Bill and, you know, the connections that they they had had when Ernie had already like read Bill's dad's football book. And now, you know, and then they formed a friendship um so he's 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 but suddenly now we we can't get enough ernie like he's everywhere he's in documentaries he's in our schedule release videos like anywhere you want ernie he's he's no longer man of mystery not to take anything away from from belichick but how much of all this was action was ernie like as well as really come up to in light i think with with this doc because he wasn't the 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 public figure of it all but it just seems like Belichick having that consigliere to like do all of the, you know the nitty gritty detail work you know we've all seen the Malcolm Butler like interception breakdown of how Ernie like found that play and and like Seattle's goal line package and that's how they were prepared for it. like those types of things I I think that when Ernie retired like that you felt it. it it was instantaneous that they weren't as 
detailed as they were Buttoned before. Up. Yeah, yeah. They, they just didn't have that attention to detail uh, that they did when he was around. So we start to talk about like pillars of the success. Obviously, Brady and Belichick are on their own like tier there. But in terms of tier two guys I, that start to come in, like Ernie, uh, along with you know Dante Scarnecchia, obviously too. But like Ernie is very high up there, I think. Yeah, I, I wonder some of the little curveballs they threw over the years, like. How, m- how many of them kind of started with Ernie? You know, like yeah. the Denver 03 when they snapped the ball out of the end zone, um, the, the shenanigans in 2014 with, you know, eligible offensive linemen yeah. against the Ravens. Um, you know, just how many of those things were like Ernie in the middle of the week could go with the bill and be like, oh, you know, we could really give him a problem here. <laughs> if, we, if we get an extra offensive lineman, they're not going to – that's my Ernie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. He was he was definitely a, a big part of it uh, from behind the scenes. Um Let's jump over to the phones real quick. Jason's been holding on for a while, and I uh, want to get to him here before we break for Paul's lunch. Hey, Jason, what's going on? Jason, you there? Are you talking to me? Hey, we're talking to you. You're on. Thanks for calling. What's up, Cork? What's up? So, I got a weird hill. You guys, uh, I feel like you're overvaluing the quarterback, and I know it sounds weird to say, especially coming from where we all did. Yeah. But it's uh, you got eleven people playing in every play, and you can't play eleven on ten. You just lose every single time. I feel like we're given the, I don't know, the one percent, two percent margin of importance to the quarterback. The sort of, uh, I don't know, overweened estimation of uh, how just dreadfully important this person is so, so what do you feel you feel, feel like like with the draft you mean or just generally um well in the draft in particular i guess that's the situation that we're in right now yeah where you know we're looking to improve the team and the first and only thing is the quarterback and it's, sure i i get that we don't we don't really have a quarterback that's fine um <laughs> and improving at positions where you don't have some good solution that's uh, obviously where we should be looking but it's not like we don't have any other holes on the roster or we can't improve in other ways. So you'd be team take a take a a tackle, a wide receiver that you truly believe in rather than taking a swing at a quarterback that you might not believe in just because he's a quarterback. Right. Well we have a lot of holes. We have a lot of places to upgrade. We have uh a lot of different directions that we could go, a lot of areas where we don't really feel like we can rely on the roster to get it done for us. So it just makes more sense to me. It intuits better that we would uh, look to the area where we can most reliably upgrade the position. And I don't think that necessarily yeah. has to be quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah. No, go ahead. Let you finish. No, it's just, you know, the quarterback has the, the ball on every play. I understand that, you know, if we're dividing it up into, you know, each play into whatever 10% or, you know, a little bit less than 10% importance for each position that maybe, uh, you know, a couple of the percentage points of the guard's influence on the play, the left guard or the right guard's influence on the play uh, has to go to the quarterback. But it's not as though we could win playing 11 on 10. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Thanks, Jace. Appreciate uh, calling in. I mean, it's probably something we're all kind of talking about. I mean, that's 
you know, I, I think generally if Drake May or Caleb Williams were to fall to three, I don't think really there'd be much hesitation for most Patriot fans who are kind of getting into the draft these days. I think, you know, we start to get questions, though, with like, you know, Jaden Daniels, is he, you know, is he that guy at that point? But I don't know. What would you think, Ev? Well, so uh, go, go, Tamara, go. <laughs> go, go First TV. of all, did you guys see the tea that Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears? on social oh, media followed all the this, is, this is a slam yeah. i can't get by no but but <laughs> why are you do, but why are you doing why would that you that's them? weird but then i don't he followed know the page did he follow the Patriots? no the falcons what follow the falcons not the falcons falcons players uh, that's weird well drake that, london follow back drake, drake london kyle pitts <laughs> so, and Bijan. so that's weird so i think that like that's fishy and just leads to the like the notion that okay maybe those guys could fall to the patriots or or maybe like a trade might happen where the Patriots might get a veteran quarterback. Who knows? Oh you gosh. never know. Um, I just think there's a lot of time to tell what's going to happen. I mean, I'm still confused by the commanders hiring Caleb's former coach. Damn. I think that has a lot of play in mind. So, I don't know. It, it's it's so hard to say at this point what's going to happen because I'm, there's so many things happening. I'm pretty happening. out on the court. Like, I like uh, Jaden. I love Tisa's Jaden's draft. I like Jaden and Drake May, but I'm so out. Like, and Penix is okay, but I'm so out on the other quarterbacks. Like, we didn't go 4-13 and 13 to take J.J. McCarthy. Like, oh, not uh, completely yeah. out on him. <laughs> That's that. J.J. McCarthy is, is an option maybe at, at 34, but you're not taking J.J. McCarthy at 3. Absolutely not. Oh, no, not. no, no, I'm saying, but, but if, you take, if you take Marvin Harrison with your 3, yeah. I'd like no, just get something else. We'll trade for uh, better. Yeah, I just don't. I say no to him because he's. I'm like, you might as well just keep Mac at that point. Uh, Why are we keeping him? I mean, that's maybe. I don't know. I I think the biggest thing, in 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 reality, you know, it's we talked about this when we did our mock draft, which is up now. So go watch yeah. it. Uh, Shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> until Shameful we until plug. we get through free agency and get to the draft in April, I think looking at the Patriots roster on was it February 20th and saying, Oh, like this roster is too far away for a quarterback and this, that the other thing it's like, well, in a month we might not ha feel that way. Like in a month, if they have T Higgins and Calvin Ridley catching passes from the quarterback, are you still going to, and I'm not saying that they're going to be able to pull that off. I'm just, there, there's different variations of they're not ready for the quarterback that we are not there yet. Now, with that being said, you look at a lot of these other teams that have rebuilt and really started from from the studs and rebuilt it has they have taken a more patient approach of going a couple of years you know i just pulled up uh, nick casario got to houston in two, in 2021 they didn't take the quarterback until this past draft so they went through two full draft cycles of drafting Derek stingley jr of drafting nico collins of drafting these other guys to then eventually help the quarterback when they did get uh you know cj stroud so Yes, that's true, but my 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 pushback or my like hesitation with the Patriots actually doing that is you just fired Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. You have seventy five million dollars in cap space, and the third overall pick in the draft is ownership in the fan base really going to allow Elliot Wolf and Gerard Mayo a three year rebuild? Are they going to have the patience to see that through? Mm -hmm. Because I look at it and say they're probably just going to spend a butt ton of money draft a quarterback and try to do what they did in 2021 but better and <laughs> only better <laughs> right and like that is that the best way to go about it you could definitely make the argument that it's not like you look at teams like detroit houston that have really rebuilt the last couple of years they 
they slow played it. Like they went a little bit Detroit slower. Detroit really slow played it. Yeah, they, they they just didn't. <laughs> they didn't go all in on the quarterback right away. They yeah. they they filled in other holes. Well, they, they did. did. What's his face from Stanford, Davis Mills? Well, they you know I mean like like some flyers. And right. That's kind of like a yeah. JJ McCarthy type of yeah. you know day three kind of. I do uh, not want JJ out on Joe JJ Milton. Like I, I just think yeah. I have to be out on people who like. Didn't go to Notre Dame or Virginia Tech? No. <laughs> I just don't think that you should be moving up the draft simply because your team won a national championship. I just don't. Yeah. Like, I mean, JJ I, don't, McCarthy, I, don't, I don't care that Mac Jones won a national championship. Great. I Fabulous. think J.J. McCarthy is probably one of the most, um, in terms of what the league thinks of J.J. McCarthy and then what the media thinks of J.J. McCarthy, there's probably no other prospect in the draft that has uh, – such opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of those opinions and i think for the league for better or worse i hate kind of put phrasing it this way he is a clean prospect he played he was on a team that won a lot of games he doesn't have any major injury red flags he doesn't have a major character concerns and he's got nfl starter physical traits you're so you just described mac jones I don't like, disagree. You literally with you. just described Mac Jones coming out of Alabama. With you, but that's how the league views it. Vomit. Like the league views it Vomit. as this guy is I can win with this guy because he's just gonna come in and do the right things and he's gonna be a clean guy on and off the field. Whereas like a guy like Michael Penix has undeniably more traits than and better tape than JJ McCarthy, but he's got four season ending injuries you know a guy like Caleb Williams cried to his mom so certain people aren't gonna <laughs> like that like that's just but the reality I, I've had enough with the clean guy we have a t-shirt keychain hat like we've got all the things that we need to see with the, the clean guy I don't need to see that again I'm not saying for the Patriots don't need I'm to just see telling you why JJ set. McCarthy in April is gonna go higher than everybody in the media Yikes. thinks he is well as long as he doesn't yeah. go here exactly. great I, agree with I, I just like <laughs> I just I'm, there's nothing about him that I'm like yes I want that to be my quarterback. There's nothing I'm pounding no. the table on about it. Like sure he's clean. Like he'll get he'll study. He'll you know not make mistakes that'll cost the team. Great. But like can he? Your point with Brock Purdy. Can he get you over the needle? Can he get so you the, over the hump? My comparison for JJ McCarthy is Brock Purdy. Because that, like What's your favorite guy to, to a T, it's a hate comp it, 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 to an extent. But the one thing that I will give Brock Purdy mm-hmm. is that he does have some of that mobility to mm-hmm. move around a little bit and make throws out of uh, you know on the move. JJ McCarthy is the same way. JJ McCarthy has some of that ability to create outside the pocket to escape and then make throws a- after the play breaks down a little bit. Uh, the issue is is that he overthrows the ball and it's like good luck finding out where the ball is going to go some of the time. And then he just his processing is extremely slow and he'll just stare down guys yeah. and throw mm-hmm. bad picks like that. I'm all set. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he has some of that athleticism, mobility, out of structure play like Purdy does. And you think as an NFL team, just like with the Niners, that like w- if we can make this guy work, and that's how a lot of teams look at it. It's just I, I disagree with that approach. Like, it- it- and it's not about the Patriots at three. Like, the Patriots are not drafting JJ McCarthy third overall. But I'm just saying he's probably going to be a back end of the first round guy because of all these reasons. Yikes! All right. Well, why don't we take a ceremonial break uh, in honor of Paul eating his food probably somewhere and uh, coming up after the break, though, I want to actually talk about a little free agency. I know, Evan, you wrote mailbag today talking about defense, some some holes to fill. I think on defense, it's a really solid free agency class on the defensive side of the ball as much as nobody wants to talk about defense or free agency. 
But before we take a break, let me tell you about Bridgestone, the official tire of the New England Patriots, is proud to par- partner with Sullivan Tire, New England's headquarters for quality Bridgestone tires. Visit SullivanTire.com to find a location near you. Isn't it time to get exactly what you want? Welcome to Red Hot Deal Days from Verizon, where you get your pick of our best deals. Like my plan, where you can pick the perks you want and save on every one. For limited time, bring your own phones to a Verizon store and you can get my plan for our best price ever. Get exactly what you want in your phone plan and only pay for what you need. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today and get my plan. These deals won't last. It's your Verizon. As I think back over the past few seasons, I wanted to thank my most trusted game day teammate, Tostitos. As I recall the last minute grocery runs and late night dishwashing, the salty defeats and spicy victories, I realized it was all thanks to my teammate Tostitos. It was always you, Tostitos. Team up with Tostitos, the official chip and dip of the New England Patriots. What's up, everybody? Let's hear a snippet from our new podcast series, The Dynasty Doc Recap Podcast, dropping new episodes every Friday. The 10-part documentary event, The Dynasty, New England Patriots, is streaming now exclusively on Apple TV+. The first two episodes dropped on Friday, episodes one and two, and so we're here to recap that. The schedule of this podcast will be as such. We will drop a new Dynasty wrap-up show every Friday for the next five weeks. So let's get to it. Episodes one and two, I'm going to start with you, Fred. What were you most impressed with in episode one? Well, I mean, first of all, the opening of the episode, it's sort of like if you're at a musical and there's an orchestra pit, the first thing they play is the overture. And if you listen closely and remember what you heard, you're going to hear little pieces of everything that you hear after that in that overture. And I think that's what they were giving us with that opening, is you saw all the little pieces of the stories of the dynasty in that opening. And I think they did a great job. Like, I had to watch it a couple times. Like, oh, you know, they're going to talk about that? They're going to talk about that? And I think that that opening encaps, you know, is going to, you know, foreshadow everything that we're going to see going forward. It was a great hook. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I totally agree. I thought it really got you in it. And... You know, for for us that you know, we've we've all been around through a lot of these. You know, for the whole entirety of the dynasty, and it brought you right back. You know, and you said, "Okay, let's get my popcorn. Yep. Let, let's sit down. Let's get ready. I want to relive this." And I thought it did a great job. Uh, the pictures did a great job too. I mean, there was some great sound bites that they had mixed in. Uh, the Amendola one I thought was great foreshadowing for something that's coming down. When you know the one that's got a lot of play right, leading right. into the documentary. You know about playing for Bill, but I mean uh, working for Bill and playing for Tom. Yeah, I just thought it did a great job of setting the scene. It really did. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing is you realize. I mean, when you, in hindsight, you forget how long this run was and how many huge storylines there were for twenty years. You know, in and out. And I thought they did, that part just set 
a great tone. For me, I just I loved a lot of the new stuff, the behind the scenes stuff. The um, you guys will make fun of me, but this stuck out to me. His there's practice footage of Brady wearing a helmet I've never seen him wear before, and You're I'm a nerd about a that loser. stuff. That's I how know. I am, people. Of all the oh, things, you know, he used but, to have a string in his practice <laughs> right. shirt, but he had like the too, Peyton Manning helmet on, and I'm like, what is going on? I've never seen this before in my life. But those are you know the things that that are just so cool, and you know, just some of the footage where it's just simple B-roll, and it's these guys hanging out, and it's you know future Hall of Famers in the midst of this run, starting to put things together. I well, just you know, that, that, that While we're sitting awesome. here with our senior executive producer, Matt Smith, kudos to him because one of the things I think this documentary is is a testament to film everything. Even if you're not going to use it right away or you may never use it, film everything because there's stuff in this documentary that I've never seen before, and thank God we filmed it. So Right, and for Fred and I to say it's stuff that we've never seen before, we were working here through the entirety yeah. of this, and there was stuff that we've never seen before. Yeah. Now, Matt probably you know, saw he a little bit it. more so because he, you know, he was part of you know, the crews and, and whatnot, but to, to see pictures of practice at like you know, the old stadium the at Rentham, Rentham, Rentham State, State School. State like, School. Yeah. That, like I've, you know, we used to get like five-minute windows, Mike, yeah. just like we do now. Half the time we didn't go because it was such a pain to get there. You know, like just let me know who died, as Eddie Duckworth used to say. You know, <laughs> I don't need to know what's going on. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, I, I know, but behind the scenes and the team meetings, just unbelievable stuff. No, one, just, of, the, uh, one sorry, of the things oh, that I, I was a big fan of, um, and maybe that's to Fred's point. Maybe I, I'm uh, prejudiced because I've seen a lot of the footage. I just thought the interviews, by and large, most of them were tremendously insightful, and I have some favorites, quite honestly. Paul, you and I did a podcast with Scott Pioli within the last four or five months. Yeah. Scott comes off really, really well. And yeah. I think keeps the thread. He's a good storyteller, too. He's a really well, good storyteller. I mean, he was seasoned back then because he comes from a PR background Correct. before he came to the Patriots. I mean, he he knows how to speak. He's very articulate. Not a lot of ums and you knows and all that. And like you said, Paul, he tells a good story. Right? Yeah. And, when, and it's one thing to have great information and great anecdotes, but to deliver them in a way like the narcotic line to me is just fantastic. That's an, un and it, the perspective that I think he brings to that, he's away from it now. So maybe he can see things a little bit differently than when he was right in the trenches. And I think he realizes, and he said this to us at one point in time, but I think he realizes, she said, I wonder if we handled that the right way. Did we do what we really needed to do? But they were just so consumed by winning and the winning became a narcotic, as Paul said. Yeah. That was really powerful. And, and by the way, we're assuming everybody who's watching this has watched the first two episodes. <laughs> right. So if you haven't, turn it off, go to Apple TV Plus and watch them because we're going to give you spoilers. <laughs> yes. You know? No yeah. question about yeah, it. Yeah, we are going to ruin everything. <laughs> right. right. Absolutely. And, right, because we don't know how this ended, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I think they won um, the Super Bowl. And the other two interviews that I just wanted to uh, – that really were tremendous to me, and they were right in character, were Ty Law – and Laurie Malloy. Very good friends, uh, tremendous players on during this team, but their color and their, uh, you know, just the way they spoke, the looseness that they spoke and the way that they described things, I thought Patriot fans will really enjoy hearing them, yeah. uh, how they talked and how they described what was going on. Yeah, yeah. they were, they were the, the, the gatekeepers of the old Patriots. I mean, those were the guys from the 90s that were the holdovers that, you know, were the leaders of that team. And I think, you know, just their perspective – 
um, on Brady coming in. I mean, my favorite part of, you know, Brady coming in, I'm not giving this thing back. Like, you know, you're a rookie, you get to give it back. Right, that was great. I mean, those great lines, and, I mean, those guys just, they have so much personality. But, you know, just quickly to go back to Pioli, I just, I love what you said, Matt, about his perspective. And it, you know, I don't want to, it doesn't seem like he, you know, is, is completely, like, reformed or anything. But it just, it seems like somebody who was in the weeds as close as you could get to it and has now gotten out, has now gotten some perspective of how it all went, and maybe isn't entirely proud of how every little bit of it went. And I think that kind of comes through, whereas some of the other voices you get, they're still kind of stuck in that, or they're, they're, you know, they never got over it. You know, I think he's just such a unique point of view in this whole yeah. documentary. And, and one of his closest confidants, and the person who brought him into the organization, is Bill Belichick. And, it's, and Bill Belichick is the same thing. He's true to character. He's very buttoned up. His demeanor is very obvious when he's in there, and he's the Bill Belichick that I think everybody would expect. Whereas Scott, he's he's opening himself up. He's letting the viewer and the fans see a different side of him that I don't think fans saw when he was here working with the organization. Yeah, yeah. and it was eye-opening when, when Matt and I had him on that Pats from the Past podcast. And a lot of the stuff he echoes you know, in, in this thing, and I do think that Mike has a good perspective on that. It's like he's the one guy who's like, you know, we, we didn't have to do it that way. He expressed that regret with Matt and I when we did it. Um, he, he comes across, you know, really likable, but, you know, just sort of with great perspective. Yeah. You know, and some of the stuff, the interaction with he and Ernie Adams, to me, some of that stuff Classic. is really good, too. It's, Classic. It's, such, it's such great stuff. You know, you, you brought up Bill, and I think Bill in these first two episodes comes off smelling like a rose, in my opinion, um, because, you know, they a lot of it is focused on the Brady – Bledsoe yeah. decision and how gutsy it was to make that call because Bledsoe was so close to the owner. You know, one, at one part they talked about the owner actually talking to Bill about, hey, you know, why aren't you, you know, so there was a lot of pressure on Bill to make this thing. What I think hurt Bill is himself. Like, we're talking about all these great interviews, you know, Ty Law and Lawyer Malloy. Lawyer Malloy has a lot of you know, uh, acts to grind with this team. Without question. Um, you know, Scott Pioli and Jackie, they, everybody came off great except Bill. Right. He was so standoffish and, def and defiant in his body language. And, you know, yes, it's the same Bill, but you had a chance to kind of open up a little bit more and show us a little bit, and you didn't take that chance. Although I think the actions speak louder than words. Like I said, he came off really looking good in these first two, as he yeah. should. Right. As was, he should. It right. was it was press conference, Bill. Yeah. That was yeah. what I, I. This was this yeah. was who we see in press conferences. That's guarded, um, you know. Even from the initial kind of right. neck crack, you know, right. it felt like he was getting ready to go to war a little bit. It makes me wonder what what it's going to be like when we get into some of the more controversial stuff down the road. Is Bill because I think everybody wants to watch this and see the Bill from the the, the Skarnecchia induction, the storyteller, sure, right. the one who's going to tell you a little. And we didn't really we get didn't any see of that, that, at least in the first two episodes. Yeah. 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 You want to uh, let me know? Uh, let you guys know one thing, totally unrelated, really, to the dynasty itself. But David Nugent is a guy who not a lot of people listening right now probably even know who he is right he was a fellow member of the 2000 draft class and he and brady were roommates and uh you know they both played in the big 10 uh nugent was a defensive lineman out of purdue he has some great home footage that he he should, again back to well, people stuff because they watch stuff well stuff that you've never <laughs> seen that's you know that it, until it's a tonight. good point <laughs> uh, but it's it's stuff that you've never seen before and it, it just gives you sort of a glimpse of just how psychotic Brady is when it came to everything competition-wise. Yep. 
someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes. Oh no. Replacements were shipped with FedEx, and with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next for residential delivery only. And now, great moments in history. Maybe I'm over. That's going around too. That's going around too. What, what, the what picture he posted? Subterfuge. Which, where did what, he post? He posted a picture, that. and it was him like smiling. And, and if you look close, he was at Gillette Stadium. Who was this? Brady. 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 He, the picture what? he posted I, was I him at from no. the Tampa game. I didn't. Here. I didn't look at the thing. I, I know you didn't. Yeah. I so printed that's why out I was, the. I was asking some. Well, it was on part of this thing. <laughs> you printed it. I printed it out guy, in case we were going to reference. This kills more trees than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. It's not. Will you file that? Fred, we're just talking about how, oh, you know, when, when we're doing the show, we should reference. Be oh, like a normal man and look it on your phone. I have it right here. Just she look on your phone. I want the sound. The, it's a radio the, the animals need the trees, Eric. Think about that. My second question is whether you guys think. I hate you all. That's another great moment from. Patriots Unfiltered is brought to you by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Great memories are made in Massachusetts, no matter how you choose to make them. Indoors or outdoors, scenic views or city vibes, solo or family style, whatever moves you, whatever the season, plan your perfect Massachusetts getaway at visitma.com. All right, we're back, folks, from our... Uh, I guess we took a little break there to honor Paul's lunch. None of us actually. Actually, you guys ate lunch. Yeah, we, we didn't lunch. Some of but we didn't order anything from Pizza Time today. So sorry, Pizza Time probably... I, waiting, I went to Jersey Mike's today. Waiting for that. Where? place called jersey mike's oh, i like it I it's, like it's it. my favorite like little local spot they cut the, the meat they cut that a meat s- a small family-owned business <laughs> yeah it's you know mom and pop shop well we should say too uh combine next week combine next week we're gonna have to go to jimmy john's jimmy john's Ew. I, well, I wasn't thinking about football jimmy john's jimmy <laughs> john's is disgusting so oh. tamara that that's a bad take uh, but she she <laughs> comes up to me this morning and she's like are, are you excited to go to indy and i was like i'm excited to go to st elmo's like <laughs> I'm excited to eat every single I've shrimp cocktail that's steak. ever been put in front wait. of me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's shrimp. I love shrimp. shrimp. Yeah. Love Do shrimp. you like horseradish? Yes. All right. Well, like cocktail sh- sauce? Yeah. But different? But it tastes like, you know, like the shrimp is fine. It's very big, but it's just the, it's the just sauce. a ton of sauce. Maybe we ought to bring some sauce back to you. It's know. it's so good. I, I I think the whole Elmo's experience is honestly lives up to the hype. Well, especially when you get a private room, you know. Well, we're, that we're did We were upstairs in a, a, a private, private room. Like, with how do we end up with a private room? Helped a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> like, like that, that was that we was cool. We are. They're like, oh, it's the Patriots content team. Go ahead, guys, upstairs. <laughs> oh my god. Paul probably would get mad at me for that. Um, <laughs> Appropriating yeah. culture. So I I, I um. I want to talk a little free agency here, and, I, and I'm sorry to everybody that wants to do nothing but debate the third overall pick and uh, you know talk about offense. And certainly, the offense is a huge priority um, for the Patriots, and, and they need to really rebuild from scratch. But um, and while they do have some good pieces on defense, I think when you're just looking at free agency, um, and I and Evan wrote a little bit about this in the mailbag, and, and I definitely agree with him is. Um, that the Patriots can make some splashy moves on defense and free agency, and they have the money to do it. And and I, you know, again, I think I would prioritize certainly internal players. Christian Barmore topped the list for me. Um, I saw today, uh, gosh, I forget who one of the, you know, who's the best fit for all the free agents. Um, somebody ran down one of the one of the um, one of the national guys on NFL.com, but um, yeah, Christian Wilkins from the Dolphins going yeah. to the Patriots. Oh, I love him. Um, he's a, such a good he's player. A mass boy. He's a Massachusetts boy as well. Um, such a good they had, you know, they had Duggar so and Wenyu both leaving. 
Uh, and then they had they had one other guy going to the Duggar Patriots. is not leaving. Uh, yeah, I'll, that's, say, you know, I'll say that right now. Just what he's putting yeah. together. But um, you know, like just you have insider info, or like over your dead body, he's leaving. Uh, I would say in the next twenty four to forty eight hours, we'll find out that Kyle Duggar is not going <laughs> All anywhere. Right. So. He's trying to leave. Evans yeah. just grabbing his ankle. Well, that's, <laughs> <laughs> That's that that's that would be great news too. So you know, I just I think we we know the Patriots got to this point. Not draft, develop, retain. They can't develop. They can't retain. They drafted guys that haven't worked out. And so you know, I I'd be all for it. Um, but I just wanted to go go through some of these defenders' names on the wide receiver list. And we, you know, we've talked plenty about you know T Higgins, wide receivers on the offensive side of the ball. We need a disclaimer before you start. Okay. The disclaimer is. It cannot be an off-brand free agent. <laughs> no, and, that's, and I've and said this. I think the past seven and months, and that's the whole point. No, I, I do not yeah. want any Johnny Smiths. No, I, I don't want no, that's, that's, that's the no, whole point. Yeah, that's the whole point. That's no off-brand. Defenders are on-brand, <laughs> and we could kind of, you know, we go off-brand. I, I just remembered who the other. Um, the other player was Jonah Williams, who was kind of a little bit of an off-brand tackle. A little no, bit, you know, like, no. like you put that was my whole yeah. my whole thing. My, you know, I wrote this in the mailbag was exactly what Tamara just said. Is you know when they spent in 2021 on the offensive players, they basically set themselves up with a two-year core because of how much they paid those guys. So it was Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, and that. Those were all top of the market guys in free agency that they paid top of the market and it wasn't good enough. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the best that you possibly can get in this free agent class. I would just so much rather them chase the talent. Like yeah. where where is the strength of the class and spend your money there and you're just going to about to rattle off like this edge defensive line free agency group is absolutely stacked. Yep. And some of these guys are going to make it to free agency because of various reasons they're not going to be tagged so why pay you know a another Kendrick Bourne Nelson Aguilar level receiver when you could pay Christian Wilkins like that that's I think where I'm at and you strengthen a strength and then once we get to April then we can just draft seven offensive players right let me let me let me run down these edge defenders I mean this is just uh this is on PFF um ranking them uh, Josh Allen from Jacksonville, Brian Burns from Carolina, Danielle Hunter from the Vikings, Chase Young, Bryce Huff from the Jets, Jonathan Greenard, Houston Texans, Zadarius Smith, Cleveland Browns, Leonard Floyd, the Bills, Jadavian Clowney, and then Josh Uche. So, you know, even mm. if you're just looking at those names, I mean, I know some, you know, could, could stay. Some are not great fits, but there's definitely some promise there. And when you look at Matthew Judon being in his early 30s, you look at Uche and Jennings being free agents, there's no real answer on the edge right now. It seems to me that if you're going to spend a bunch of money on an external guy, I'd rather take a swing, like you said, Evan, on a star of one of those. Let's talk about the interior guys. I mean, Chris Jones, we'll see if Kansas City lets him get away. Christian Wilkins doesn't stop so talking. He's, like, he's a he's yapper. So good. Sign me up. You kind of love him. Guy Sign that, me if up. he's on your good team, player. you'd like He'd be him. He's a great personality guy. You know, oh, to yeah. Evan's point, to connect it to Lawrence Guy, you know, that kind of big interior you know there's probably a need and and he's young too it's it's he's got i think justin matabike i mean he's an outstanding player another one you think baltimore might try to retain him um dj reader another big space eater you know some older guys fletcher cox michael pierce but again all these guys they kind of fit and they're kind of in areas of need i don't think corner's a huge need i don't think you know if they're going to resign dug or safety not a huge need but I think taking care of the edges and up front, uh, they have a real opportunity here in free agency. I would just so much rather them pay guys that are actually going to be impact players than just pay guys because they have wide receiver next to their name. And when you look at this class of receivers, T. Higgins is going to get the tag most likely. 
Uh, it sounds like Calvin Ridley is probably going to be the best guy that becomes available, who I really like, but yeah. at the same time, like, is that the guy that you're investing to be your number one wide receiver? And uh, I just, I look at it and I say, go where the talent takes you. If that means that it's spending on defense instead of offense and, you know, your splashes are, you know, Brian Burns and Christian Wilkins instead of, you know, a receiver talent or a quarterback or a tackle. You know, Jonah Williams, like those guys, Jonah Williams, Makai Becton at tackle, they're dart throws on injury prone guys, like, yep. you know, that are just not really uh, high end talented type of players. So I, I would much rather them do that. And the, that's what, that's why you have the draft and you have free agency. And if you, can get your hands on a T Higgins. If Justin Jefferson unfollows the Vikings and decides <laughs> that he wants out of Minnesota. Sure. I, I'm obviously all for trying to invest in those types of players. If, if that type of talent is available, but the worst thing that you can do is do what you did in 2021 and yeah. just have a bunch of complimentary guys and no real stars yep. on the offensive side of the ball. I take it to on Kenny Moore too, who was here and, you know, just a slot guy, but I think that, you know, he, uncertain on Marcus Jones and you know what's going to happen with Miles Bryant I feel like you know they could just use an inside guy I've always liked him a little bit older but again the one thing I do say though Evan I liked about what they did in 2021 was that all their signings were guys who were like 26 like yeah. coming right off their first contract yeah. I love that I love yeah. that I think that's what they have to do continue to do you know when you see these like edge rushers you know Jadavian Clowney that you know, yeah. mid-30 like it's not it's, it's no point there's no yeah. point you got to be a little bit patient, but I just well, that's like with like a guy like Mike Evans, who is a yeah. Hall of Fame player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's going to be 31. And does he really want to leave Tampa? Probably not. And you look at you know Ridley. I just mentioned he's he's 29, going on 30. Uh, so they're not really in that that bracket of what you're talking about. You know, those guys are more you know yeah. Higgins, Pittman, like. But are those guys going to be available? I, I don't I don't know. You well, know, so I would yeah. love T Higgins. Yeah, I, so T hasn't shut up about T Higgins since uh, since the draft. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like the, like the Bengals uh, GM said last year at the combine, get your own receiver. Like, so, oh, wow. like, yeah, that's literally hey, what he said to the I media. I like that energy though. I, I, I like yeah. that energy. Uh, don't they have an issue though because they have to pay Jamar Chase too? Well, they have an issue in terms of like you know as a team in Cincinnati, are they going to have the cash to spend on all of these guys? But at the end of the day, if they wanted to keep all of them, they could keep all of them. But you got to pay for it, so. All right, we got some emails coming in, and uh, please uh, give us a ring jingle at uh, 855-PATS-500. Shoot us uh, an email at Patriots, uh, sorry, webradio at patriots.com. Uh, got a bunch of emails here. We'll kind of maybe fire through some of them. Uh, mentioned today is the franchise tag uh, deadline. Rusty and Arlen uh, just writing in uh, about realistic options. Um, I believe you've all mentioned at various times the team, and when you agree, he is in a tackle. Hopefully we also agree he has been at least a middle-of-the-pack tackle when everyone needs one. I like him way better than whoever their other options will most likely be. Um, Henry, another Henry, Henry, another uh, option there. Uh, he says, not exciting, but hey, that's how it goes sometimes. Um, let me know what you think. And, of course, Kyle Duggar. Um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think, guys? Any any thoughts? I mean, I just, I've said it before. There's just not a lot of options at tight end. There's not a stack draft class like there was last year. The, I mean, Hunter Henry um, and uh, and the guy from um, Dalton, uh, Schultz. Dalton Schultz. Those yeah. are probably the top two that kind of fit, that could step in and play. 
they just don't have a lot of options. That's why I see Hunter Henry as kind of a priority, or if they want to maybe tax well, the Schultz, that's okay. So I wouldn't. So Hunter Henry's tag is going to cost them over eighteen million dollars, which be, is absurd because of his salary last year. So he doesn't make the the tag that you see online when you Google what's the tight end <laughs> tag that he has an escalator More. because of what he made last year. So uh, they're not going to pay Hunter Henry eighteen million dollars uh, next year. But I actually look at some of these free agent options and. You know, Dalton Schultz is probably the one like starting caliber tight end other than Henry that's in free agency. But I look at a guy like Gerald Everett, Noah Fant. Uh, I think those players, if you took a, a Gerald Everett and then drafted somebody in the middle rounds, at least you'd have someone in Everett that could hold down the position for the 2024 season. So I'd probably rather that be Henry. Uh, but I, I would say that Everett is a little bit more explosive, a little bit better with the ball in his hands. Uh, so that, that might be a fit. I got, I, got, I got real quick to share this. Someone um, was at the Frankfurt game and was taking some pictures of people walking in, and uh, they just so happened to get – Evan Lazar, oh my God! Oh, no. Hands and there. No I'm, way! And 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 Look how pure like that. that emotion is. I, I don't That's like that so for us. Oh my God! That's so funny. You're excited. Can, can you pay no. me for the photo? Wait, wait. come on! All, no free send me that. all week in Frankfurt, this man was like, "I need to be there early because some fans want to meet me." <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I mean, y'all energy. First, first he of wanted all, to get to everything early because his fans want to meet me. You don't have to out me all the time about these. Things that I'm, I say the off the record. All the, right, the, the real, I'm sorry. The real side story is Evan and I walking through all of Frankfurt just to find some Frankfurters. Yeah, some some bratwurst. It, on the it last took day. way too long. Oh, yeah, you guys left day. us. Yeah. Well, that first day we yes. got one, um, <laughs> but they kind of come on like a roll. Like we had them, right? Yeah. yeah. We were walking around and uh, random hole in the wall. Little the bread place. was so good there. Yeah. The bread, like I still am kicking myself for not just like stocking up because even the airport bread was good. Like you could have just gone, <laughs> but before we flew back, like go into the airport and be like, give me just a bunch of Danishes and brought them home. But we saw Emma, who used to work um, in our department, and she's been, uh, I guess, in Europe for you know a little bit. But she just said all her like eating and stomach issues have cleared up eating it's over amazing, there. It's <laughs> amazing, like what you can eat when your food systems aren't poisoning you. I, guess so. <laughs> I had McDonald's in Germany twice. Yeah. Are you? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so good. Good. Sarah and Matisse and I got. Did we ever tell this story? I don't know. We got like 41 minutes. So. We wanted to go to McDonald's just because every country has different menu items and it's kind of cool. It's like anthropology, really. Yeah. The mm -hmm. different McDonald's. So whatever. We go in. I we're excited. I don't get that First of all, I, I don't want to hear any shaming because this man would only drink Starbucks coffee. He wouldn't <laughs> try well. anything yeah. local. He's addicted. So you can't talk. <laughs> right. Exactly. And his I mean, I'm not general. ashamed of that. Anyways. <laughs> So we're just excited to try this McDonald's, and we had a funny experience inside. It's like touchscreen. It's all modern. So we get out. Who do we see? Jason McCourty. Walking. Uh, uh, sick name drop. <laughs> no, but the no. I one. say this because I'm sure a lot of fans that follow us have seen the video I posted, but... Jason comes up to us and was just shaming us. I mean, literally, the, the, the look on his face Good when I told him was I had a chili disgusted. cheeseburger. He was, was disgusted. <laughs> He's like, "You go all the way to Germany because like you to didn't eat McDonald's. Get bratwurst, you didn't get this." And we're like, "Okay, this isn't." A lot of people thought we only ate McDonald's when yeah. we were in Germany, and it was like, "No, that's that was true. just that, one you, that's meal all, of oh, a oh, no, 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 that's all you seven ate. one meal." Deuce had five guys. Five if guys, you know when me. you said that, I was Deuce had five guys. You know, I didn't eat McDonald's multiple times on this trip. No, you know, the thing that was kind of most jarring to me, though, in Germany, and I didn't realize I would miss it as much, was ice. 
Like ice, ice water. Like oh, yeah. I tried to get yeah. the iced coffee. That's why I no. went to Starbucks oh, is because I asked for iced coffee <laughs> at one of the local places and they looked at me like I had 10 heads. Well, well, it's, it's so Tamara, cold outside. Evan and Tamara went into the Starbucks and Matisse and I went into right next door, a little like more authentic coffee shop. And we asked for iced coffees and the lady looked at us and she said, iced? It's cold out. And we're like, yeah. So, we're, we do that in my Boston. My mouth is hot. My mouth oh is my hot. God. We're from Boston. We're silly. Um, email from Claire. Hello, everyone. How are you? Hello. Nice job without hey, the grown-ups, guys. I'm glad, Claire, you don't think I'm a grown-up. I appreciate that um, You're I'm not. 50 years old. I can still hide out there. Um, with the release of Guy and now the retirement of the beloved Slater, do you share in my concern that the Patriots are too new when it comes to coaching and personnel to let those sorts of players go? I guess Slater was his decision, but Guy felt like he could be a necessary retain just to maintain some solid locker room presence. Thoughts? I, I, I hear her, uh, her point, but I, I think that one of the things that is, you know, we hear a lot from from people in the organization now is is that they have to start over. Like there, there has to be a point in time uh, where they hit the reset button, and that might not mean that it's a very successful 2024, like in terms of wins. But at some point in time, you have to move on from some of these guys and yeah. start bringing in some younger it's people. It's also, I think people are looking over the fact that, yes, we lost two great leaders, and I'll even throw Adrian Phillips in that. I think he was sure. a really solid veteran for guys to look up to. But, like, yeah. Dietrich Wise and John Jones are still in there, yeah. and they're great guys great role models great guys to look up to so you got to reset it and i just i think and we kind of i think wondered about this when it was going bad is does that does the message from the guys who were part of the dynasty still resonate with these Mm-mm. young kids when you have you know you get to a team and there's five or six guys that were like hey man when we won the champ this is how it was and then like at a certain point you're like well, we're so far removed from that. We need to find our own way. So I think that's what, what they're going to have to do. They have to have, have Gerard Mayo and Dante Hightower to hopefully. <laughs> there you go. There you go. They have to have some of these, the, you know, they have to have some of these younger players start to step up, step up into leadership mm-hmm. roles. And if you're going to draft a quarterback at number three, like he's automatically going to be in a leadership position just to, because of the, of the position and where he was drafted. So some of these guys, you know, Christian Gonzalez, very quiet kid. So I don't very expect quiet. him to yeah. be all yang at the end of every single game. Oh, yeah. But his presence and, you know, just his, uh, you know, leading by example, like that type of stuff yeah. has got to start to matter to some of these. So, sometimes you just look at a guy and, wow, he's like an elite athlete right. that like moves at a different. I'm going to I'm going to play better because yeah. of him. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hope. It's <laughs> um, kind of interesting one here from Reno in Tennessee. Um, I know there have been plenty of bust wide receivers, but has there been a bust from the expected genera- generational talent like Marvin Harrison Jr.? I know there's plenty of QBs that bust to that caliber, but I can't think of a wide receiver this sought out to flame out. Can you think of any? I, I, oh, well, uh, yes, yeah. but like maybe because <laughs> of different reasons, like you know, off-field type of Drug, stuff. Ju- yeah, Justin, <laughs> Justin Blackman. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, racing like, your car. And, and, like to Tisa's oh, point. Yes. Uh, back yes. in the day, this happened a lot more. You know, like the the Roy Williamses of the world. You know, even like uh, certain guys that were yeah. considered generational that were okay NFL players, but didn't live up to the hype of being like you know a Hall of Fame caliber guy. But recently, I I would say that a lot of this the talent has definitely held out uh, strong for, for the most part. But uh, you know, there's certain guys, you know, that were top of the first round, really highly touted players. Like even like somebody like Jerry Judy, like not a generational talent coming out, but like was Jerry Judy a first round 
level player in his career so far. Yeah. Like maybe you have some of those types of guys, but <laughs> it's funny you say him because I remember at the combine being like, "What I wouldn't give to get Jerry Judy." Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, like Henry Ruggs is obviously the 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 biggest one out of the recent that's group, very unfortunate. but that's that's a totally different circumstance. Yeah. Um. I don't want to read this one because uh, Kyle writes in with a bunch of Patriots trivia. But Kyle, unfortunately, I don't think we've got the squad no. to, no. Uh, to, to to answer that. This is a poly- send it to me for the halftime show. Yeah, send it. Send it. To <laughs> Wait, can we go back to free agency? Because I don't know if we've actually like go back. picked anybody no. off of that edge list. Josh Allen and Brian Burns. Oh, you can. What? Pick. I want Chase Young. Oh, no. oh, he played for one quarter in the Super Bowl. He had that one sack, <laughs> and then you didn't Young. see him again in the rest of the game. <laughs> and you're yeah. gonna pay him all that money? Like Chase Young. No. You don't like him? No. Who do you like off that list? Uh, I like Greenard. I would say I've always liked him. out of this list, probably Brian Burns is, is sure. the best player yeah. on that group. Uh, Bryce Huff from the Jets is also another player that we didn't mention who's kind of yep. like a souped up so you Josh like, Uche. So you yep. like getting one of these and not re-signing Uche? Um, I think that if you can get a more complete player, and I also I, – I, I have no inside information on this, mm-hmm. but – I think that there's a chance that Matthew Judon's not on this team. I'll be so and sad. And if that's the case, then you know you you need to fill that that void. But if you can get a day two pick for Matthew Judon, you you have to make that trade if you're the Patriots. So I, I look at that as that's a, a possible avenue that they might go to get you know Deuce. We were when we did the mock draft, like how, at least when I was doing it, I was like, oh, it'd be really nice to have like one more pick. 100%. Somewhere here, like, 100%. I mean, that's like you know, and then the, the the draft fund where you trade down, right, just a little bit, and you pick up that. I mean, it's just, he it's amazing like, the difference one extra pick in the second round yeah. can do, no matter yeah. where it kind of falls. He yeah. seems like he really wants to stay here, though. I, I look, I'm not like trying to ship <laughs> him out <laughs> of town. Really I really like want to stay. I mean, I'm just telling you Kendrick as, Bourne as really a wants to stay. yeah, him and Kendrick Bourne seem like they really. Want Kendrick to Bourne's share. in a different tax bracket, so if Kendrick <laughs> yeah. Bourne wants to stay, that's fine. But Matthew Judon yeah. is, you know. He's a little bit older. He's expensive. Is he part of the next good Patriots football team? And, like, I think the one thing that looking back on it, and, look, we don't know what Belichick was told about the trade deadline this past year. He might have been told by ownership, don't do anything because you're not going to be here. Yeah. Right? Uh, but not trading Josh Uche at the trade deadline was a mistake. Like, they, they should have traded Josh Uche and gotten whatever assets they could have gotten for him at the time because now he's, he's probably going to walk in free agency for nothing. A uh, quick question here from Gene in Ottawa. Um, how much of a role did the Patriots play in facil- facilitating the production of the Dynasty doc? Did the organization have any editorial creative control over the final product? Um, this is from Gene in Ottawa. Uh, Gene, probably be better to come from Fred, but I can relay the same message. Was we had no creative or editorial control. Um, did provide a lot of the footage, though, or anything in the archives. We're, we're all open to the documentary to go in and, and take, but um, but the Patriots organization did not have any editorial or creative control. Um, but you should, you should take that from Fred because he's, he's the one. He's the big boss man, you know. Uh, all right, let's jump back to the phones real quick. <laughs> Nobody believes you, Deuce. Believe me. Uh, <laughs> Trust me. Well, everything you say these days, you got to be hey, careful. Hey, do? Todd, how are you? So I'm going to do a little bit of caller-on-caller crime. Uh-oh, who are you going for? Because the guy that called in earlier saying, well, you had 11 people on offense, and I don't want to over-focus on quarterback. You know what? Quarterback's like a Formula One race. You know what? You better have a driver. Your pit crew's important. Everybody else is all important, the organizer, whatever. Without the driver, you got nothing. Without the quarterback, you got nothing. The guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Maybe hockey, you can know. you got six guys on the ice. 
you know, any one of the guys can be a leader. Yeah, sure, great. But not in, not in football, not on the offense. Yeah. You've got to have a leader. And that leader's got to be your quarterback because he's the one that's driving this team. And I think that guy is totally wrong. And I don't think if, if they don't draft one or they don't find somebody in free agency to drive this uh, car of ours, we're going to have another crappy year and maybe we'll get a first round pick, but we need somebody. We need a quarterback. And that's it. The two guys we got on this team are not quarterbacks and we got to get rid of them and we need somebody. And that's it. Yeah. And I'll let the guy call back and yell at me for being an idiot. <laughs> Talk yeah. to you later. Bye guys. I, I, I hear what Todd is saying completely. And I, I think you look at this, this group of quarterbacks is another point I made in the mailbag it is 36 year old Kirk cousins coming off an Achilles tear at $35 million a year in oh. answer. Is, hell getting benched for two rookies <laughs> is trading a top 100 pick for justin fields the answer like the, baker mayfield's not coming here like they, i understand people keep on floating that possibility uh he's gonna be in tampa like he's not coming here so what what who is playing quarterback for this team if you're not drafting one like it just that's the hardest part of going away from quarterback at the top of the draft is that there's no good options like you're not paying Kirk cousins that kind of money Justin Fields is just as much of a of a chance as taking one of these QBs in the draft is. So wh- where are you going to find that quarterback from? Because I, I, you're not rolling Mac Jones back out there next year. Absolutely not. No. He's got a new uh, necklace, by the way. Um, <laughs> let's head down to Matt in Virginia Beach. Must be uh, Perillo territory. Was there Matt, you didn't see Paul down there, did you? He's doing some school tours. No, no Paul down here, but I'll keep, I'll keep my eyes peeled. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What do you got? Uh, well, good afternoon, everybody. Um, afternoon. Just uh, two quick questions for you. Uh, one Patriots-related, one not. Um, first question I had was, uh, so it seems with uh, with the amount of depth uh, that's uh, at wide receiver and tackle looking at the first round of the draft, I feel like it could push some defensive players down or maybe even out of the first round. And is there a defensive player that you guys would consider at 34 should they happen to be there? And uh, second question is, just wondered if anybody tuned into the Daytona 500 yesterday, and if so, what'd you think? Absolutely no. not. Thanks, Matt. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. But my it. father, I'm sure, did. So maybe, maybe he can text nope, me. Driver. That's now. two car references uh, and two calls there. So, uh, you know, there's nothing like a NASCAR nap. <laughs> I my stepdad <laughs> is my stepdad's family. What about family, a golf nap? What about a golf nap? Those two, like a master's Sunday nap. Yeah. No, my stepdad uh, grew up very much in the NASCAR scene, and his family's still down in North Carolina. They build chassis, actually. But, like, so <laughs> the chassis were, like, always on in my mom's house when he was home. And I just I just remember cracking up because he'd just sleep through the whole race, wake up for the last 20 laps. It's the most important like, part. Yeah, but it's, like, kind of n- – I, I say the same thing about – like Saturday morning soccer, I just like it on in the background yeah. sometimes. No, no it, you got to get invested. It's in nostalgia. Uh, my my father's in the car business, so he's a a huge uh, NASCAR guy, and uh, I I grew up watching a lot of NASCAR. I grew up going to Loudon in New Hampshire, the track every single year we were there. Uh, so I, as a kid, I was a you know I could you start talking about like mid two thousands NASCAR drivers, I can rattle off like like twenty <laughs> really? of them. Uh, but not not so much anymore. But he did text me yesterday and, and to remind me that Daytona was was going on. Did you ever watch Cole Trickle drive at all? 
that's not a real person. But oh, Trickle? <laughs> he was. Well, you didn't see Days of Thunder. I, I, no, I know Days of Thunder. <laughs> that trust was Tom me. Cruise's character. I, yeah, they pull him over on the highway, right? I mean, you know, that, those yeah, are those him are, and Rusty. They got into it no, a little bit. You yeah, know, no. I, I love Days of Thunder. Good movie. Uh, it, I was actually watching Talladega Nights the other Ricky day. Ricky Bobby, yeah, also yeah. a good movie. Um, I know. Shaking I know it. the question about taking a defender at the top of the second um, probably makes me made, yeah makes you want to puke. A um, bit, I, yeah. I, I've mentioned Darius Robinson a couple times just because every time you do a mock draft, he's kind of sitting there. He's a senior bull guy. Um, but, you know, going back to, like, the defensive line in free agency, like a guy like Wilkins or, you know, you can kind of fill that hole. Um, and I don't think it's a huge hole. But, you know, Darius Robinson, one that just, you know, what, he's always kind of there. How far yeah. away from, are we from just not taking defense in the draft anymore? Because you can't tackle. I, I mean, What's we, the point? I, I mean, Evan took one guy in his mock. <laughs> in I the seventh like, round. I took, like, oh, wow. two yeah. um, as flyers. Like, are you going to take a linebacker? Are you just going to get a flag for every hip drop <laughs> tackle? <laughs> yeah, like, no, just I take know. a receiver. I would not be opposed for this being, like, a 90% offense offensive draft no it should and that's you know and that's you know going back to the the point of the free agency thing is is like you could really add some impact defenders that improve your defense you know don't just like kind of plug some holes make your defense better um and then really just go all out in the offense you know get the young fast fresh legs on the offensive side of the ball um I don't know. It makes it makes sense, but a lot of different ways ever, to go about it. You can never have have too many pass rushes, and you can never have too many corners. So if if there's a one of those players that's sitting there at 34 that you feel like is an you know a, a shutdown corner or a high end pass rusher, then I, I'm not going to get too mad about it. The other spot that I I do wonder about where they're going to go is free safety. Like, are they going to look for that true center fielder, you know, Devin McCourty type of free safety? Uh, they don't have one of those. There's not really an obvious one. With, you know, Antoine Winfield's probably going to get tagged by Tampa. So uh, there's not an obvious one in free agency. So maybe a guy like Cameron Kitchens from Miami is someone that yeah. could last to 34 that is a true, like, post-safety, you know, middle of the field, range to go sideline to sideline type of guy. Um, but, you know, I don't know if that's how they're going to play defense. You know, modern defense, a lot more split safety coverage, you know, different types of looks that you don't necessarily need that Ed Reed, you know, in the middle of the field. Oh, this is, I don't know if I can read this one, but how do youngins induce? Thank you. I appreciate that. Don't lump me in with any youngins. Um, <laughs> as a Michigan guy, I'm giving McCarthy the thumbs down. <laughs> That's <laughs> I know surprising. Th- Most Michigan people too. attack me when yeah. I say anything bad about mm. J.J. McCarthy. I, I know the criteria no for judging a QB is living in the same state. <laughs> <laughs> McCarthy has <laughs> the tools, but he is nothing special, carried by an amazing team around him, never had to deal with pressure in his face, rarely had to play from behind. Doesn't have great counting stats. Kind of sounds like Matt. Literally, uh, Matt. You're, that's Mac. It's I have Mac. to agree with Matisse. Uh, in a way, tendies are certainly not better than prime rib, but prime rib is significantly overrated. Give me any cut of steak over prime rib any day. Okay, that's For true. dessert rankings, cannoli one, chocolate cake two, chocolate chip cookies three. I agree okay. that steak greater than prime rib. That's true. But well, I'd, picking probably, I'd probably take steak over. T- uh, actually, no, tendies are just too good, man. <laughs> It's the you really he, like tendies. It's the way he calls them tendies. I got a bad tendy, and I'm I'm off tendies. You know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you get a bad, yeah. <laughs> oh Everybody knows what you're talking. You get a bad tendy. Everyone in the world knows what I'm talking about. You, you get chew one where in, they don't like, cut the tenderloin oh. out, and it's just it's like they left a tendon in there. Like like there's Mm-mm, like some kind yep. of sinew, if you will, chicken tendon, <laughs> <laughs> boneless wings. Oh, oh, well, God. we can we can get into that <laughs> without go. the guys. <laughs> um, all right, so we got one from Dan in VA via Michigan. Uh, good day, Pat Q, PU crew. 
Uh, firstly, great to see the young guns having the run of the studio today. I'm not really a young gun, but <laughs> Deuce, just go with it. Just go with it. You are at heart. Yeah, at heart I am. Uh, secondly, I'm shattered. Shattered to learn that Fred is a big reply all guy. Fred is like <laughs> Fred is like a father or a fun uncle to PU Nation. And to find out that he has a serious character flaw like this is just devastating. Next time you tell us he microwaves fish in the office kitchen, we have a joke about that. Um, he might. I could see that. Thirdly, it's tough losing Slater. The man is 100% class, a level of character, unfortunately, all too rare in not only sports, but public life in general. Who becomes the leader in the locker room now? Is there a player who's ready to pick up the mantle, or is it a space waiting for someone to emerge? There's never going to be another Matthew Slater Mm-mm. in terms of leadership. I think it, you know mm-hmm. that's that's a that's going to take an army. Like that, it's going to have to be multiple guys, and uh, you know, I, I I think that leadership also is not going to. If you start winning games, then it, all of a sudden it becomes easier. <laughs> well, right. well so. then all of a sudden it's it's a chemistry to it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, how are you winning? Who are the guys that are leading the way? You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, I expect my boy Jabril Peppers to continue to kind of bring that emotional um, energy. But, I mean, that was a huge blow when they lost Judon last year. That was the mm-hmm. first thing I thought of yeah. was, you know, just where's the energy? Where's, you know, I'm going to miss his press conferences and, you know, keeping it light. And, you know, he, he was such a big part of it. And. You know, as you've you know speculated that you know he could be depending on contract issues, maybe not here. It's, have to keep him. It's something they they've they've got to figure out for sure. I could see a guy like Dietrich Wise being like like he's a leader he already. He's Bentley. a captain, yeah. yeah. Ben, Bentley, I don't know because he he's yeah. more on the quiet side. Like he really speaks, he keeps himself. Yeah. But Wise, I think I could see him kind of. I think you need kind of a Willie McGinnis that like everyone's kind of afraid of and so holds everyone Bentley. to a standard. You so know? That, that I feel like that's Bentley. Yeah. And uh, when I talked to uh, Devin McCourty um, about Gerard Mayo, he said when Mayo retired, like he knew that he wasn't going to be able to step into that like intimidator leadership role um, because Mayo was both. Mayo was a talker and he had that like you know policing the locker room type, yeah. type of thing. And so he said that basically, uh, you know, McCourty took over the the rah rah, you know, leadership voice of the defense, and Hightower took over the like, I'm going to kill you if you mess up, right? <laughs> and so I kind of look at Bentley as somebody that could be that kind of uh, intimidator type of leader, uh, and you know, they they're going to need a new voice. You know, that that's I think what they're still searching for. Yeah, L from Wisconsin just uh, chimes in saying the callers that want to trade down and not get a QB are going to make me explode. Yes, this team needs a lot. Know who else has an offense with subpar players? Kansas City, but they have a great QB. How'd that work out for them? I'm not sure uh, that they have subpar players. It's <laughs> not maybe the best example. Uh, James Pettigrew, who uh, I'm officially uh, I have responsibility to call him the most interesting Patriots fan in the world. Uh, will Mapu flourish this season? I had high hopes, but sort of forgot about him as we thought Bill was holding him back. Marte? Marte Mapu? Where's he going right? to go? They're going to use him right? Linebacker? LB. I don't want to hear anything more about hybrid. Sounds okay, like that sounds cool in theory. <laughs> like, oh, he's a he's a hybrid. He plays anywhere. Like, cool. Yeah. No, not for you. Uh, Make him Matt Milano. Put Rodrigo Milano. <laughs> chimes in if Jefferson becomes available. I assume uh, Justin. Yeah. Not Thomas. I think that's priority number one for the Patriots. <laughs> they have to do whatever it takes to acquire him. Yeah, uh, tried two first round picks and oh, wow. probably more. Yeah, and so, then and then paying him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, look, I Justin Jefferson's probably my favorite receiver that I've ever studied in the draft. Hmm. Like uh, number one, I was so sure that, about that guy uh, coming out. I would absolutely love him to be a Patriot. It would make my day. Uh, but you could do your gritty. You it's know? it's kind of how I feel about <laughs> Marvin Harrison. 
it's like, does it make sense, like, to trade all of those assets for a receiver right now? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, we've seen Kirk Cousins and him together. Like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. Like, yeah, that's as good as it's gonna get. It just doesn't. It, they're not. Unfortunately, they're just not in a spot to do something like that. Yeah. Like, if this was two years from now and they had the quarterback and they were just looking to add the, the final pieces to the puzzle, then that's different. It's the one piece away moves, you know? It's that, like, there's, yeah. there's certain moves that are one piece away. And, again, I'm going to say this all offseason. Like, does a move help you get to Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen? Like, I just see those two guys sitting above us. We don't even mention Burrow or Tua. <sighs> but those are the guys that you have to beat. Does, does, does Dustin Jefferson help you knock him off? I mean, maybe, but mostly I'd say no with, like, guys like Kirk Cousins and all that. Uh, Sam from Kentucky, chiming in about 2021. I know we're moving on to the draft. We're, we're going to free agency, Sam. We don't need to check <laughs> it. We've probably seen the last of Mac Jones in a Pat jersey, Pat's jersey, but I went back and watched a few games from the 2021 season. The defense definitely helped out, but Mac looked comfortable and did have some success. I wouldn't say they were a great team, but i definitely say they were at least a good team. What do you think went wrong? Oh, God, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> no. Long story short, he lost his confidence. Yeah, I think that that's a good way to sum it up. Other I mean, teams start you to look figure at 20, him out a little bit. Yeah, that's like the one. Out after your first. That's year. the one thing I kind of disagree with because yeah. I I think that all every quarterback has a skill set, right? Like, and every quarterback plays a certain way. So, I, really, I I feel like his development just stopped after 2021, and they never kept the the needle moving in the right direction after that because of various reasons. You know, I I, I feel like he would have been fine. Uh, adjusting to some of the things that maybe defenses were doing with him if he didn't have Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinator, if they never, you know, Devontae Parker's their big offseason move at receiver. Like, if they had actually done it correctly in the rebuild, then I, I think he would have gotten over that. But uh, confidence, I think, is is a, a big part of it. You know, you watch him play, he's, you know, decisive. Uh, yeah. he, he's not, you know, antsy poised. in the pocket, poised, right? Like, and now all that is just the opposite. I still have the image in my mind of him the first time we saw him in, in like, minicamp. Rookie, I don't know rookie minicamp. It would have been just OTAs or something. Mm. But it was, like, just he looked more comfortable in the pocket, like, his first time I saw him on the practice field than he did last year. Chasing that high yeah. ever like, since. It was crazy, though. I mean, yeah. it, you know, and it, especially it stood out to me just because having come from watching Stidham, you know, as a rookie a couple years earlier, not, not in minicamp, but at least in training camp, where, uh, you know, you could just feel it. And that's kind of where Mac ended up. It's just... It's one of those bizarre things where just because a guy looks a certain way, even like right out of the gate. For week one, Miami, it was like, you know, you, you went from Tom, then you went from Cam, and then you like, you hear the new cadence, and he completes the first pass. You're like, oh, like, all right, we're <laughs> we good. Go. We're, we're back, good. Baby. All right, cool. Enjoy the next 20 years. And now it's just kind of like, he just needs a fresh start. I won't be surprised if he goes somewhere and plays pretty well, to be honest, but he just needs a fresh I start. Just, I just will never stop wondering. Not that I think that Matt Jones would have been uh, this Hall of Fame level quarterback, but if McDaniels never leaves. And they, uh, they just keep the train rolling from 21 into 2022. You know, what what would have it had looked like? Like, you know, yeah. would he have been that Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, you know, level quarterback that they could have won with? Uh, but we'll never know. Nope. Well, we just got a commercial insurance quote here to the mailbag, but I'm going to I'm going to ignore that one. Um, sorry. We don't need that. Um, this is Jace from Canada. Uh, just wondering how next year's team needs, uh, how next year's team needs, assuming everything goes according to you guys, is mock drafts. I know it's extremely early, but how is next year's draft class looking uh, that we can't get next year? Uh, 
And I'm going to do the Fred thing with like, what? what? what is he? I will, I, I I will always have a vendetta against what does next year's draft class look <laughs> mm-hmm. like? Yeah. What did Jaden Daniels look like a year ago? No one had any same. idea that Jaden Daniels was going to be a Heisman Trophy winner and a top 10 pick in the draft. Uh, yeah, you could say that about so many guys. Joe Burrow, you know, uh, so many guys. So I would hesitate to say anything about what the quarterbacks look like in next year's class. There's some guys that have potential. Shador. 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 Uh, you know, Shador. Carson Beck from Georgia. Like, there's some guys that have talent. Um, you know, Quinn Ewers in Texas. Which way their their final year goes, who the heck knows? It could either be, you know, Shador could be talked about and Caleb Williams is talked about, or it could be talked about like a, a day two pick. I have no idea. Yeah, Andy in Cleveland wants to know uh, if anybody, uh, any interest in Russell Wilson, anybody? No. Any uh, thoughts on scheme fit as well, Evan? The specific request oh, uh, from Andy. Oh, scheme fit with Russell Wilson. Uh, not a big under center guy, Russell Wilson. You know, Russell Wilson's always been put him in the gun, let let him survey everything. You know, at least once he became Russell Wilson. Maybe early on with like Marshawn Lynch, they were maybe were a little bit more under center. But even then, you know, because of his mobility, a lot of it was option stuff, right? You know, trying to use his mobility uh, to impact the run game. So. Uh, I would say that he's more of a spread quarterback, more of a gun quarterback. But uh, if it was like Russell Wilson gets cut by the Broncos and then is just like trying to catch on for the 2024 season at a big discount, uh, then that's that's one thing. You know, is could he be a, a bridge quarterback for 2024? You know, Cam Newton style. Like, let's ride. Maybe. <laughs> Patriots Nation, let's ride. If he's willing to give his teammates his phone number. No. Would, uh, will, will they go to his birthday party? Like, these are my favorite things. Like, yeah. Did everyone go to his birthday party? Did did he unfollow the team on social media? Like these are like the modern things that get out of yeah. like, oh, I don't know. He had a surprise party, yeah. but not everybody won. It, of, it is vo- it is weird that that now like free agency has like come to that. I mean, even with Debo, with Debo last year, like he unfollowed like everything 49ers deleted every 49ers picture on his page until the deal was done in, in the club making <laughs> signs <laughs> making him sweat. Yeah. Because it's like I already unfollowed y'all. I don't even have to anymore. It's so annoying. I mean, hey. I just think they like the attention, honestly. Like, oh, Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears, and then it like is like a story for like fifteen minutes. And I, I I mean, we should all strategically yeah, but you don't just do that. No, you don't. You (laughs) don't like you, me. He doesn't follow me. Well, no, but but I think I he gets it enough, and yeah, he's like I don't need any more. But it makes sense though because it's like they obviously can't draft Caleb Williams and keep him. So like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I somebody has to do something. The the Bears decision I find to be pretty easy. Like I think what's ca- your choice? Oh, Caleb Williams. Like oh, I think wow. that that's not even a question. Okay. Uh, but I I think skill wise or contract wise or I, both. I I think both, but mostly skill. But you know, just in terms of, uh, you know, what Caleb Williams can do as a passer is just a lot more advanced. I would say than what Justin Fields brings to the table. Uh, but what I find interesting about Chicago is you know what is Justin Fields actually worth on the open market? Like is, you know, there's, there's rumors out there that he could be worth like a, a back end of the first round pick. Like you're going to give up a first round pick for Justin Fields. Like I, I, it's just interesting. This is like one of those moments where Deuce chimes in with something that everybody knew a year ago, but I was, um, I was doing some research on Brendan Rice. Oh yeah. And Caleb Williams uncorked a pass to him that like, I was like, he's going to go through his body. (laughs) Like it was, I mean, it was like, you know, Caleb Williams outside the pocket and then just stops and just absolutely uncorked one. I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody throw a ball that hard from like 30 yards out. And I didn't even know I caught it, but 
There it is. You know, still there's a there's a new one. word uh, mm-hmm. amongst draft Twitter. Oh, oh, oh boy, that a new a new adjective to describe a quarterback. Uh, arm elasticity. Ooh. No, I, I think you. I think you, right. I think you got that wrong. It's not draft Twitter. That's nerd Twitter. <laughs> that's that's draft Twitter. Nerd Twitter. So, you know, like, like having Twitter. you know, you know that elastic arm that like just from any angle, any platform, you can just flick the wrist and the ball goes sixty yards. That's, that's Caleb Williams. That's I'd say yeah. Michael Penix has that too. Uh, I don't know if he has it's quite the. Wrong the, arm, it's the left the <laughs> I don't know if he has quite the. Dude, just doesn't want to watch a lefty lefty quarterback. Backwards. I'll just watch it through like. Evan a mirror. doesn't either. Evan doesn't want a lefty. <laughs> no, I, I I especially don't want a lefty that has an awkward throwing motion. Like on top of him being a lefty, he also throws it. it already looks like Philip Rivers, like from like the, the side. Yeah, no, we just, we'll be we'll be backs facing to the field on the press box and just watching through a mirror. Watching so the all, I'm 20, flip all twenty-two being flip flipped. <laughs> if you watch Tua flipped. Oh, I know. It's it crazy. makes a huge right. difference. He looks like, normal. Yeah, you're like, oh, wow. Why can't you just do that? Yeah. The flip horizontal uh, filter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who? Cu- I just want to know, who's in desperate need for fields outside of, obviously, the Patriots? Falcons, the Steelers, the Falcons, maybe the Vikings. The Falcons is probably the best fit because they do have some supporting cast members that can Georgia. help him. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that too. Uh, but, you know, having him in an offense with Bijan and with Drake London and Kyle Pitts, like that is intriguing if you're Atlanta. I just – I can't – gauge his market right now in terms of trade value because like what has he really shown has he shown that he's a starting caliber just keep showing the game from here for 2022 like and then i did this to the patriots yeah like that's and then we didn't win again for another year (laughs) 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 so that would be so say if he did go to the falcons and then that put what caleb williams at two and then patriots at what would you take well you mean well caleb williams would go at one he'd go one well yeah yeah one and then who would it depends on who the commanders take like that you know i don't know i i could see do something dumb do <laughs> something dumb i could see the commanders Not with this new staff. i could see the commanders taking Jaden daniels because if you're oh, okay. cliff kingsbury and that style of offense you know the air raid like you want a quarterback that's mobile and that can run around a little bit and i i look at you know the success that he's had most of the time it's come with you know Kyler when he was healthy in Arizona, you know, a guy like Patrick Mahomes in college, like those guys are all mobile and can all move around. Now, Drake may is not immobile, uh, but obviously, you know, Jaden Daniels is a different level of mobility. So if you're looking at trying to unlock the entire Kingsbury offense, have some of that RPO, have some of those option runs, like that's definitely more a fit for Jaden Daniels. So I, I wouldn't rule out commanders taking Daniels at two. Do we think all this is going to be ironed out as far as like, the, that trade, if it does happen, do you think it'll happen like well before the draft, or you think we'll be finding out like draft morning, like they're not picking at one, yeah, or I, they are? I think that's at one. probably more common, you know, closer to like everybody wants to feel it out and you know try to play this against that, and this is what they're offering, and you know usually, but but I think anything could happen. I mean, it's you know, I mean, I remember what when Clowney got drafted, it was like two days in advance. You knew yeah. that, that that was the pick, and they told everybody. So it's a unique. A circumstance I think because Justin Fields has shown just enough that if you're a team like Atlanta or even the Patriots to an extent like you could convince yourself that that could be the guy mm-hmm. and that, that that guy usually doesn't get moved like too often you know when Arizona did it they they let go of Josh Rosen like nobody thought Josh Josh <laughs> Rosen was terrible like no one thought that he was going to be anything and he wasn't so that was like a no-brainer like this one there's at least a an argument to be made that Justin Fields is good enough to to be a starting quarterback in this league. 
I'm going to try to bang out these last two emails. I feel like I've done a great job today on emails getting through them. <laughs> You've been so fantastic. So please write in and tell Fred uh, that I read almost every single one of them. Uh, this one's from Jake. Uh, going back to adding defensive pieces, and this was touched on before, I think corner is a sneaky need amidst, amidst all the talks about quarterback, wide receiver, et cetera. Jay Jones is 31 this year. Marcus Jones unproven. Miles Bryant, good role player, free agent. That leaves just Christian Gonzalez coming off a major injury. J.C. Jackson is probably going to get cut, and Alex Austin. Uh, I think we really need someone to lock down the side of the field opposite Gonzo. We'd love to hear the gang's thoughts. Um, I'll, I'll offer mine real quick. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree, but I, I think Donathan don't, Donathan didn't. I can't <laughs> talk here at the end of the show. I, I mean, I still think he's got a lot in the tank. He was playing great um, football. He, he down played the through injury the last year, year so um, I'm not like, oh, we got to replace him immediately. I do think that's a long-term need. Um, but I'd throw Isaiah Bolden in there, who unfortunately didn't make it out of that that Green Bay game, scary concussion, spent the year on IR, but was really just a big dude who was getting some chances. I don't want to like say that, oh, he was in the mix to be a starter or anything like that, but I don't know. Just from the limited amount we saw him, he's intriguing to me. Like He's just got – he's a specimen as far as size and speed and, and all that. So um, I just – I think – I do think slots in need. I think they need to maybe make an addition there um, in free agency. But I, I think I'm, I'm okay with Gonzalez and Jonathan Jones on the outside, at least to start, and then – you know, let Jonathan Jones slide inside if you need to on, on you know, passing downs. Yeah, I'll see what Kansas City does with the franchise tag. They're not going to tag Chris Jones, but they might tag LeJarrius Sneed. But if he hits free agency, I I, I would give the bag to LeJarrius Sneed. Like yeah. him and Christian Gonzalez, uh, you know, on the same field together, good luck throwing against that secondary. You'd be in for a long day. Good luck. One last uh, one, last one here from Ray, who uh, – oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Ray, good job, though. He, I mean, he laid out the whole offseason. I mean, I can kind of run through some of it, but – you know, he wants to cut J.C. Jackson, cut Jamichael Hasty. So some savings. Got to cut Jamichael uh, Hasty. Can't <laughs> forget about that. Hey, what did I do? I would um, love to add another J in there and cut Juju. But, but he likes a lot of the internal. I mean, he's got <laughs> Unwenu and Bourne and Duggar and Elliott and Henry and Mills and Farrell Brown and Jalen Rager and Anthony Jennings and Miles Brown. I mean, he's got everybody kind of being re-signed, which I, I have a little bit of a hard time Mm-hmm. Seeing with like Jalen Mills, Ezekiel hmm. Elliott. I mean, Farrell Brown. I'd be, I'd be down with. I kind of do want to keep Zeke. I mean, I wouldn't. We talked about it. They a might bunch be able to upgrade shows. that spot. They might be. They should. That's I mean, like the one in the draft. Or do you mean in free agency? Well, Both. either. But like free agency, I, I wonder. And I know this is probably a longer conversation that we don't have time for. But at some point, the running back position is going to be so undervalued that it's almost a value, right? And like you look at a lot of these backs, like. Is Derrick Henry going to get paid again? Uh, you know, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. Like, those are some big names in free agency. And if they get to free agency and there's no money there for them, like, you might be able to get Saquon Barkley at $6 million a year. Yeah, but like, he's an injury prone. But he's not going to be your number one back. Like, he, you know, or at least he's going to be in a platoon with Ramondre. So, like, I just look at these running backs, and at some point, it almost becomes value. Like, it's a zig when everybody else is zagging that you look at it and you say, well, if no one else is going to pay the guy that was the rushing champ two years ago and Josh Jacobs, then, you know, if we can get him at X price. Like, it almost becomes a value. So I, I look at that, and I, I wonder if maybe one of those guys is worth it. Uh, I, I really like Eckler and Pollard, honestly. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to finish here um, with the draft that Ray lays out because it's – I think it's, it's – these are the kind of thoughts that are going through my head. Um, so in the first, he went with Jaden Daniels. In the second, he said – Best offensive tackle available, Jordan Morgan, Patrick Paul, Tyler Guyton. Third, best wide receiver, offensive tackle, tight end available, Roman Wilson, Jalen McMillan, Malachi Corley, Kingsley, Sua Mataya, uh, and Javon Foster. Fourth, best wide receiver, OT tight end available again, Blake Fisher, Cade Stover, 
uh, Brendan Rice, Javon Foster, Ricky Purcell. Fifth, a running back, Blake Watson, Frank Gore Jr. Uh, six, another quarterback maybe, and then the seventh, kicker, free safety, cornerback. I mean, I kind of agree just generally with the top where it's like quarterback, offensive tackle, receiver, tight end. Like in the first two days, you need to check a few of those boxes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, the interesting thing is, is where do you let the board kind of fall to you? Is it at tackle? Is it at receiver? I think at tackle, you're risking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's like eight really good tackles in this class, maybe 10 guys that can play. And then that that parade's going to go by quickly. So if you are sitting there, you know, if you don't take one in the with your first two picks by the time you get to the third round, I'm not sure if there is a day one starter at tackle. Whereas a receiver there 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 could be with the depth in this class. All right, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, one more show this week on Thursday. Sorry, the guys will not be back, so it'll be Deuce and the kids uh, back again on Thursday. But I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about as it uh, seems like some things are happening here. Um, but first, whether you're in the game or betting on the game, you'll need a game plan. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the New England Patriots, provides you with everything you need to build your personal betting game plan so you can get in on all the action while practicing safe bets. Visit DraftKings.com responsible-gaming to learn more about all the safe betting tools DraftKings has to offer. Hope is here, 1-800-327-5050 or gamblinghelplinema.org. Must be 21 plus. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMass.com, physically present in Massachusetts, DraftKings.com slash responsible-gaming for details and state-specific responsible gambling resource. All right, that'll do it for us. We'll see you on Thursday. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. The world's original podcast. Isn't it time to get exactly what you want? Welcome to Red Hot Deal Days from Verizon, where you get your pick of our best deals. Like my plan, where you can pick the perks you want and save on every one. For limited time, bring your own phones to a Verizon store and you can get my plan for our best price ever. Get exactly what you want in your phone plan and only pay for what you need. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today and get my plan. These deals won't last. It's your Verizon. 